mean, so, it's just not it's not even about beers. It's just you seem to be all about fat tires now. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, obviously, you know, you know, excuse me, Mr. I got, you know, hooked up on this thing. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I just finished dropping a video like the video that dropped on Monday was an was a, not an accident. It was, it was finished like a few weeks before they delayed it because there was some kind of availability for Amazon or whatever. So that sure. that was like, you know, Monday morning. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then shortly after that, I get another email. This other uh, there's a company called Admotor. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, uh, they, I don't know them. They, I, I, they make kind of like cruiser type style bikes. It's a different style mm. than let's say the Velotrek that you have right there, right? Sure. The, the Vettel. Because yeah. that one's more, I feel like it's built on the chassis of a regular, like a like regular dirt bike, but yeah. bigger, accommodating the fat tire. This is more of where the seat is like the old, if you remember back the old uh, the old bikes back in, when we were kids, and mm-hmm. they used to basically have like the extra attachments with the lights where the seat was really long and you had a, a really oh, tall yeah, back. The, the banana seats, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So think that style seating, slightly wider and obviously higher it's, because it's of the fat tire. It's more of like a, a cruiser. It is. It, it truly is oh, like a cool. cruising type of bike. <laughs> and initially I didn't realize it was a fat tire. So once I got on, well, so I have the bike, obviously. I assembled it a couple of days ago. And um, I, I finally was able to take it out today because we've had all this, you know, funky weather as yeah, we call it here. It is nice. It is nice. That's great. Really, like it's a different way of riding because I feel like I'm sitting, like you know what I mean. Like it's, yeah, it's the, kinda... like there's more space behind me. There's even seat. Uh, there's even uh, kickstands for somebody to sit behind me. So it's actually the seat is long <laughs> to accommodate that. But um, I went on it. I did a couple of uh, you know about like six seven mile ride. Nothing big, just to kind of yeah. break it in, get the feel of it. Um, that's awesome. It's exciting. It is. That's really cool. Well, I think I think um, that's my uh, my lunchtime activity from now on. That's all I can yeah, do. I, Go I right. I feel like that's that's uh, you know for for us talking about technology and trying to get people out of the house and yeah, you should go touch some grass. <laughs> um, yes, definitely. You know, it's it's good times. Fresh air, get a little vitamin D, get some sunshine. Hey, everybody! Well, welcome to another episode of the best of our week, where two old guys fried fat tires. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> talk about e-bikes and uh, I don't know. We should probably talk like some video gaming and stuff like that too. We should start um, talking video games. I mean, if I can yeah. get my system running, uh, uh, but then we can talk about that. Call so, of Duty has been crashing my PC. Real man. quick before we, we go more into this. I'm saying they're saying I'm way low and you're way high so that your audio is too loud and mine is too quiet. Okay. Let's so go in let's there and reconfigure. See. I think okay. my mics are about the same from where we were last week. Now, I okay. think on my ears, you do sound a little like sizzling, like you're you're getting up to those limits, but I don't know that. Okay. Am I, I better now or hearing. is it still? Oh, you, you let me. I'm going to say I'm going to give you some numbers and then you tell that, me what I sound like. That sounds better. That sounds better so, to me. I have no idea what they can hear. So five, if we four, still sound three, two, one. tremendously imbalanced, drop us another comment. So please uh, welcome to another episode of the best of our week where we've got lots of stuff to catch up on. Um, uh, tons of things to, to catch up Mm-hmm. I had to do a gimmicky uh, Monday morning tech chat because Apple was so inconsiderate to a schedule their press conference right in the middle of when my podcast. Every year, they never they never learn. They never they're learn. Really rude. Yep, Apple, very they're much. Kinda, they're kind of big old fat bullies. I, I, you know, you know, Tim. They're, Tim they're really needs awful. to talk in. We need to go up there. I mean, it's not far. It's like a five and a half hour drive. We could yeah, go up there. Some, just have some just words. Have a, and be like, you know, hey, like a heart to heart conversation. What's up with that? Your oh, vision, man. bro, is just not doing it for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into that quite a bit. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know. I've got a lot 
really hardcore Apple fanboys who are up in their feels about me not liking their presentation. <laughs> that I did not think their presentation of simulated experiences was the end-all be-all in the future of AR and VR and MR. No. But, but yeah. we can we can definitely Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to we'll kick totally. in with that. that that's going to be the meat of our story today. So, um, well, first and foremost, obviously, I'm back. I, I'm back in person. In, 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 we're in the same time zone this time. We're no longer there. And yeah. uh, to all and of our friends and I was were, about to. Were you, were you East Coast? Did you get to. Yeah, I was in Brooklyn yeah, so, uh, last week. So you died all of the, uh, the Hellfire. So, like, smoke barely, barely. When we were there on. Oh my God. Like, so Thursday, right? Thursday before the show. No, not Thursday. Wednesday. Fire mistake. So Wednesday before the show, you could start smelling it a little, little bit. There was like that ashy oh, scent in the air. Yeah. You couldn't we know see that it. Smell. Oh yeah. So to me, I was like, I told him like, I know what that is. We have fires. It's California. I was like, is it August yet? No. Um, and because um, I think when I was talking, uh, uh, Mr. Mobile, Michael Fisher was uh, was saying, I think it was starting to smell it as we were walking because we decided to walk. We were in Brooklyn. We took the, I took the ferry for the first time. That was actually nice. And uh, as we were getting into Manhattan, it was starting to smell a little bit. So you could t- kind of get the hint. And obviously this week they've been going with way more, um, more of the, the haze. They, they actually got it a mm-hmm. lot. Well, actually kind of like how we usually get it. Like whenever it gets okay. really bad fires, we do get that haze, that that orange sky. Um, but it looks different, obviously, in a city with a lot of tall buildings. So it's very different. Uh, it's almost like you have the uh, I forgot which filter it was. <laughs> like somebody was commenting saying it's like you have the uh, that that Sophia filter all the all the time. Yes, everything sepia. Yeah, sepia. Sorry. Or, yes, I, yeah. I, I, again, being of a more Hispanic or Latino persuasion, it has been really funny to see all the memes about. I guess New York has been transported to Mexico. Because every time you see Mexico in like a TV show, it's it, orange. Orange, yeah. It's got, like the well, white balance is off, but apparently that's Mexico. That's, so uh, I guess that's how we're doing it. Well, I I do hope for the people that there that they do take care of themselves. And if anybody, if you, yeah. any of you guys, and I don't think it's actually isolated to New York. I think it's probably hitting most of the East Coast. I think, oh, primarily a, a, a big chunk of it. Come, it's just yeah, yeah. New York gives us the most iconic images of absolutely. Yeah, like no, the New York City skyline looking like it's during the middle of the apocalypse. So I, I know, and I was like, there. I was just there, like last week. I hope they're Friday, doing okay. Like, yeah, as mm. as a Californian, um, use your masks. I, absolutely, like, there is no reason to breathe that kind of air quality. Or and, you and if you don't have to, and if you don't have to go out, please, please don't. stay indoors. Yeah, but don't. if you do, we, if you do, we have like our pockets are full of old masks and. Things. Oh, I'm sure everybody still has boxes of those things sitting in. Put their room. one on, and yeah. you will do so much better for it. Um, we had a bunch of, uh, even just those like weak, um, lame surgical masks mm-hmm. for one yeah. of the really bad fires that we had uh before the pandemic mm-hmm. and even that was a huge help in not feeling like you know that you were basically just a three pack a day smoker so absolutely um we we have lots of ground to cover I, we did not actually discuss a run of show no um we didn't. Do, do we want to save apple or do we want to because like good podcasting would be save apple to the end so that people have to listen to us huh. um Hold them rest. No, I, I think so. Here's what I think. You, I think the Apple spent... conversation is going to be the longest. Um, I feel like so there's let, so many things. Let, let's let's yeah. knock out because we both have, you know, like we can we can both talk Xperia one. You've been spending time with some real me and oh, then absolutely. we can just dedicate the whole rest of the conversation 
um, to uh, to wrapping up WWDC. Absolutely. And I think that's I think that would be the better thing. And I feel like the, to start it off with a little bit, kind of going back to that New York conversation, um, mm-hmm. a few weeks prior to that, <laughs> I was in New York for this device, um, for the Realme 11 Pro Plus 5G. Uh, and I will say um, this has been the most surprising Realme smartphone that I've seen to date. Primarily because of the nice. price point and the features that they've included. Um, at the time, at the launch, at the time when they had it, we met up with them. We knew obviously the launch event was going to come up. They told us the phone just to kind of give everybody a reference. The video is up on the channel, and of course, Ooh. it is a gorgeous, a gorgeous vegan leather, fake leather. I don't know what people want to call it, and it has it's pulling so much. Where is my? Uh, oh my god! Don't you just Uh-oh. hate it when you you don't know where your phone went? Ah, there. No, wait, that's not there. Okay, now I don't know where. Oh no, there. It's right in front of me. Like, it, it's really pulling a lot from where the, the Find X6 Pro is pulling from. The design, the aesthetics, like, I, I, I wanted to kind of just show it in the video. So here, you could oh. see they copied a lot. And then obviously, they're not using the same lenses and stuff like that. But, like, if you just look at the phone and then look at the Realme, they definitely mm-hmm. look like big brother, young brother. And I'd say they, they're solid cousins. They're very much solid cousins in the family. Definitely sure. in the family. Let's yeah, keep it in the family. <laughs> keep it in the family. Um, the biggest thing about this device is an approach to telephoto cameras without having a telephoto. They're doing mm-hmm. something, the way they're describing it at least is, essentially it's, uh, it's um, sensor cropping. They're cropping on the sensor as opposed to cropping on the actual, using a, a, optical elements to be able to zoom in and get in that optical zoom. So, one of the things that uh, Realme has received a lot of feedback on is why do they not have telephoto or, you know, why do they not incorporate telephoto lenses on their cameras? Mm-hmm. So one of the things they decided to do with this device is to first go with a Samsung sensor, which is kind of weird going to a Realme event, but then seeing a Samsung representative going up on stage and talking about something. Like, I feel like, did I, did I sign up for the wrong meeting? Am I here for the right way? Hold on. Who's on first? Kind of the conversation. Um, but they were very nice. It's a, it's a Samsung ISOCELL cam- uh, camera sensor. I think it's one over 1.4 inch sensor, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, definitely larger than what we had last year. And the way they're trying to do it essentially is they're doing the two times lossless zoom because that's pretty much mm-hmm. just like a you know the best experience we've been able to see recently is that two time has been very solid. Where they're pushing it is when they go to that four time and they're still able to give us a very clear image. Nice. Now. I will say, and not to kind of too much spoil the video, it, it will be dependent on lighting. I'll say that much. How much light you have will give you the better oh, yeah. images, obviously, when you go because, into Because, again, once you start kind of sampling image data from smaller and smaller sub-pixels, you're immediately running into noise. And then there are Absolutely. bigger issues with demosaicing mm-hmm. all exactly. of those pixels. And then blowing up the image so it's hey. the... You know, it's one of the things that really bugs me about Samsung phones, but then Mm -hmm. also all of these phones that are playing these games. um, It would be fine if you gave me an 8 megapixel image. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that they always have to, like, okay, well, we've zoomed in to the point where we're absolutely reducing the photo IQ, and we're going to make this a 12 megapixel image. You're like, but that information really didn't exist. So you're just saving a larger, blurrier file that's taking up more of my storage. And it's going to look exactly the same as if I had a lower resolution image. Like, no, it's not absolutely. helping anything. Sorry, I just realized I am way overexposed on this one. Yeah, you're getting all kinds of blown out. There we are. Okay. I keep forgetting. 
it's I guess like a, you go why, out. Why you, do you have like auto exposure on? Why don't you just like? It's lock because that I'm not down. recording. No, it. So just I'm not lock that down. Just 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 lock it. <laughs> I typically have it configured in uh, the Sony app so that it automatically sets the right exposure, and I always can see it. But it doesn't. But then for some it reason, always sets the wrong exposure. Only because I'm not actually recording. Just because we're using the camera as just right, as a light as a pass. But I'm recording, and my Panasonic isn't like turning me into Casper the Friendly Ghost. Okay, Juan. I, are you saying that Sony cameras are not as good as Panasonic cameras? Is that what you're saying there? I think we need to leave that, that to when we start talking Xperia, my friend. Do I need to have some conversations with Sony PR because they always make fun of me because I use Panasonic cameras? Nah, my friend. Here, let's let's jump. Let, let me just pump up the ISO Uh-oh, a little bit. Oh, no, now we're getting moody. I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, hey, you want you want to start? You want to get the. Uh, the mood set up correctly. We can it's do that. TK and the PM. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, the the experience. So back back to the real me. <laughs> back to the real me. Back to the real you. Um, I think overall, what what I what surprised me the most was first we're using a it, it's a new processor from from MediaTek, uh, but it's technically a rebranded processor uh, thanks to uh, Miriam uh, Tank Girl. Like, Put put me mm-hmm. straight on that one because I I did not catch on the fact that the the ten the the ten fifty that we have is a uh, sorry the seventy fifty that we have is, sorry the the ah, the, the ten fifty is a rebranded ten eighty um, MediaTek is going through and they're going and rebranding some of their uh, some of their SOCs to streamline the the uh, the overall order of them and the overall performance here is mid ranger exactly what Realme is done for. Uh, so yeah. the 10 Pro, the 11 Pro are pretty much mid-range experiences. One of the things that you were talking about when you were shooting content, especially at that 4X, there is a slight delay when you're getting those images because it does have that, you know, the it's trying to sharpen the image to give you as yeah. clean of an image as you can. And I think it does a decent job. And, and hopefully with the image samples that I shared with in, the, in the video and the videos in there yeah, as well. I mean, they look good. And, yeah. and especially because you, you, you snuck me a few of those sneak peek photo samples before your video went live. And I think there's a lot of merit. Um, we've been like, for example, we don't really bat an eye at an iPhone 14 only having two camera sensors. And I'm increasingly feeling like a decent half inch ish or larger mm-hmm. camera sensor with a good sub pixel array. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's better to just do the pixel crop than include a weak telephoto sensor. Now, if you can give me a really nice telephoto sensor that does out like a, a 75 or an 80 millimeter mm. equivalent or even longer, like a 100 millimeter equivalent, great. Give me a three-time zoom, a four-time zoom, a five-time zoom. But if you're giving me a two-time zoom, chances are pretty good. I'm actually going to be getting better photo IQ from the main sensor cropping. Absolutely. Um, and I, and, and I feel like Realme is, is leaning into that in a very practical way. It saves costs on the manufacturing of the phone. You get mm-hmm. better sensors mm-hmm. for the for the other because it's they're um, it's the main sensor and there is an ultra wide right. There's an eight megapixel ultra wide. It's right. not going to be the most obvious. Yeah, you know, so it's it's there. It's right. a decent one for. I mean, it's a real me. I'm I'm not yeah. expecting. Yeah, I'm not expecting like my my Xiaomi Ultra or anything. Well, like right. that. just remember the but... phone starts about three ninety nine. It's it's not it, it, seriously. We're talking two hundred <sighs> megapixel camera sensor. I mean, that's that's a lot. TK, that's I know, like no. That's, That's like, like the same as an iPhone SE. You have to give me way more if it's going to be worth it. Like you um, have to give me at least a Galaxy S twenty one. How about how about a five thousand milliampere battery with a hundred watt charging on it? Oh, that sounds like a lot of numbers and stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what people want. I think they want like 
it just workingness and when it comes when it comes to performance on this phone i'll probably say that the best experience <laughs> is going to be on that main sensor and this is going to be one of those devices even the front facing camera i feel like still does the st- the standard overexposure you know compensation for the face trying to expose you correctly but then blows everything yeah. out in the background but then you switch it over to the main sensor on the back and then all of a sudden the phone can do yeah. it yeah so That's um, way better. I took it with me with the fam last weekend. We were at Disneyland. I actually was <laughs> last week. I was actually strutting. I uh, <laughs> not only did I go to New York, but I landed in L.A. and then didn't even go home. I went straight to Disneyland to meet up with the family. Hooray! So I, yeah. <laughs> so we had a a couple of days spending over California Adventure in Disney, and I and I love the fact that I had the phone with me. I had the opportunity to kind of shoot some content with it there. A little bit more dynamic coloring and and just overall just mm. fun time with the family. Um, very nice, very pleasantly surprised. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the current launch right now is only in India, but there'll be an, uh, a European mo- uh, launch coming up very soon. So there'll be more exposure, more variant. Uh, but the last thing I will say that this Realme has 12 gigs of RAM and 512 gigs of internal storage. Wow. On a mid-ranger. Yeah. That is something to be said. Realme, I, I like, feel like we're 512, we're be... like, yeah, like, we we mentioned this. What, what were we were talking? It wasn't the Vivos. No, it was Moto. Was uh, it Moto? Moto's uh, knocking it out of the park as usual. No, but but what I mean is, um, we were talking about this a little while back. That like after this five G transition, because mm. the year five G started launching on mid rangers, we kind of saw a lot of companies step back. Yeah. So you would use like a lower performance SOC, but maybe a newer SOC that had better support for these new modems and radios, but. There was a transition. The costs were so high to incorporate the new antennas and the new mm-hmm. radios. Yep. We, ha- we, we lost performance on a lot of phones. Or we were balancing. Or prices were climbing and some phones or blah, 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 blah. And it really seems that post 5G whatever. Um, I feel like we can starting... now just drop the word 5G. We don't really need to say the word. I mentioned can... only because it's on the box, but like, yeah. Yeah, but and, and also like... Is there any more like massive disappointment in the world of technology than all of the hype and promises of five G that have never materialized? For the most um, part, we're we're stuck in in mid to low band, and I think that's the experience what five G is. But uh, Verizon's vision be... is very limited. Oh, I would yeah. say, yeah, and millimeter sure. wave is is great. It's nice. Live... It's nice when it works. But if, if oh, as we've both tested it out yeah. in L A, you'd have to be not only in the line of sight, but not even move if you move. I was going to say if you were in one condo in japan like yeah. in the middle of tokyo millimeter wave is amazing dude i found um, in it was in santa monica in front of i, I want to say a habits burger it was that where I, that's where i got <laughs> the best we were testing the xperia right like we were as, testing as that, long yeah. as i sit very still eating this burger with grilled onions i will have incredible download speeds absolutely <laughs> but, but the, the, but yeah. the point i was Sorry. trying to make though is it seems like we're going to be in this continued holding pattern around in the mid range because mm-hmm. it really isn't a very Sorry. good reason. Yeah, let's, to keep, let's let's do this here. Yeah. Like trying to massively boost performance. Like there's mm-hmm. going to be sort of an upper mid range tier that are going to be using like the new seven gen chips. Yeah, but once you get to four hundred and less, well, I think, I think we're going to see more of a fight when it mm-hmm. comes to this idea of performance that. The consumer of a four hundred dollar phone likely isn't looking for, but they will very much appreciate having a bigger battery, faster charging, and more storage. Yeah. So, so this to me, I think, is going to be the interesting fight where I feel like we're just going to be kind of in a holding pattern for years. 
as we we sort of play around with those lifestyle features versus the high performance features. And, and I feel like where this really kind of hits the spot is because it it gives you the larger battery, it gives you the faster charging, but it also gives you a hundred twenty the the refresh rate that you'd expect. Like for that around five hundred bucks, like the model that I have with the vegan sure. leather, obviously isn't the three ninety nine model. That's closer to the five hundred dollar. But when you get to that level, even at that five hundred dollar price tag. Uh, and I was mistaken. I do want to uh, sorry, correct the uh, the seven the seventy sorry the seventy fifty processor is a rebranded ten eighty, and that's where I got confused. I kept calling it the yeah. t- uh, the ten the the ten uh, ten fifty. So MediaTek has been going through their rebranding because we didn't have a seven mm-hmm. series before seven thousand series. We used to have the one thousand series, and then for the longest time we basically had starting having the nine thousand, and then we recently got the eight thousand, but then we still had that massive gap. So they're rebranding their ten because the ten eighty is technically more powerful than the twelve hundred. So in certain ways, right. where things are, so the the experience that you're getting here is very smooth. It's very nice. Uh, where where the system or the, per, the the device struggles a little bit is in that process when you're taking images at that four time uh, zoom. Sure, it does need that extra second for it to process that content. It's a lot of data and it needs to churn through it. So. As long as you're and not going in and clicking on the preview to see the image, you're fine. Yeah, but the moment you click wrong. the preview, you can see it doing its magic. Sure. And, yeah. and, and honestly, I mean, I don't know how precious we need to be about that when premium tier phones can often keep you in a holding pattern <laughs> to process an image. And then we're like, oh, but this $400 phone should just do it immediately. Like, that's not how any of this works. But no, no. Um, definitely catch this uh, this video. TK uh, poured blood, sweat, and tears into getting this up on the internets for you all fine folks to I got you coast-to-coast coverage on that one. That's how good I am. <laughs> but again, it's like another entry in this range of mid-range phones from like 300 to $500, which yep. if we're talking average consumer and we're talking those daily driver, communicator social media, good cameras, casual gaming experiences, boy, howdy, can you buy a stupid amount of phone for like 400 bucks? Dude, and, and um, a solid um, Call of Duty 60 frames per second. It's a solid 60 frames per second. Game. Shut up. It's super Shut nice. it's your really, really darn good. face. <laughs> for, all, for all of our Call of Duty fans, if you are, you got it, we got you covered. It's really Shut nice. Shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean like, I, I, I don't you feel I'm sorry I got to take this little on a little tangent someone was making sure. the joke hey 399 this is in razor edge territory I am writing a letter to representatives at Qualcomm and razor right now because my razor edge videos have done garbage traffic and kind of the same as we were talking about um, my Ulanzi video yeah, yeah. that experience was a nightmare and I really feel unless you've got a million subscribers or more that if the topic you're trying to talk about in a product-centric video Mm -hmm. is not already immediately popular, if there aren't a ton of people searching for it, YouTube is ready to chill. It's going to freeze your Something has changed in the Something has changed. Yeah, something has definitely changed. This is dramatic. So I'm going through. Gary, uh, Gary Explains did a video on the Razor Edge, and it got a fraction of his normal videos. Uh, of his normal traffic ETA prime did a video really showcasing some really clever uh, ways to augment the capabilities of the razor edge did a fraction. He's got a million subscribers. It did a fraction. I think he got, I think he got something like 50,000 views on that desktop video. And that is stupid. 
because first of all, it's just a really good video on how to enhance a desktop mode for any device with a video output. And that's totally the people who would subscribe to his channel. Mm -hmm. But even, um, uh, what's her name? Jenna Zariak. I can't mm -hmm. really pronounce Justine? her last name. Um, no, Jenna, not Oh, not sorry, Justine. not Justine. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. But Jenna. Jenna. I, she got like 15,000 views on her video of the Razor Edge. Fifth, wow. Like 15, not, not 50. 15. <laughs> Even that would be bad, but something is happening. And so uh, we go through and you say something like, oh, it got like 60 frames per second on Call of Duty. I really feel like maybe we just need to stop with reviews and hammer the popularity of games and services. Oh, and here's this game running on this phone that YouTube won't let me make a video about because it's going to trash my channel. But instead I'm hanging out and talking about like, you know, whatever the new season is for, for Fortnite. Oh, and it's playing on the razor edge or, Oh, I'm playing it on a Vivo. V I think we, yeah, yeah, I remember we, we talked about like it. Um, you mentioned that a while back where, when you were talking about like reviewing content or, or the devices like around albums or music, yeah. uh, music, things like that. I remember. Yeah, no, no, we, we, um, I, I think the, so it's a, it's a double edged part conversation, right? It's what ends up happening. I think it, the way, at least the I, I'm gathering the, the, the way the algorithm has shifted. If there's not a sudden interest in your own subscriber base, and it's not all of it, just the percentage that YouTube decides so I, I know that they're going to send with it this, to. And I've yeah. been through way too many YouTuber guru. Like, how oh, it's not even that. I'm just saying it's tanked. Not. Yeah, I'm no, just but saying what it's I mean tanked. is that's how it used to be. Yeah, and there would be times where some of my videos would miss, but they'd still pick up traffic over time. Now yeah. the video, now a video is dead before it has a chance to get to my audience. So they yeah. have to be sampling. 0.01% of my audience, if I'm looking at my Ulanzi video, yeah, and then determining that no one else should really get that video pushed to That's, them, even I the think... people who all smashed the bell icon. Yep. So something has changed where the video doesn't even have a chance with my subscribers before YouTube has decided that it's I, I don't get totally the concept dead. of why is it that we cannot push content to the people that subscribe to us. Like, well, like you have members, Google right? If you do memberships, you can be a member. So and then you have the ability of pushing direct content to them. But mm -hmm. the actual people that do subscribe, the people that are causing you to be where you are and throughout the years they've been with you, you're not able to push the content to them. And it's a nope. very tough conversation where the platform that's supposed to help you is the one that's hindering you. So it's, it's a weird thing. I know. I'm, I'm with you. It's a tough conversation. And but I always hope. That at some sure. point, as you said, it picks up again, but no, not but everything not. does. Yeah, some so, of them don't. And, some and, of them are, when they're dead, they're dead. Yeah. Now, uh, now I, I, I yeah. used to feel like I could give this some time, and it'll be a long tail video. I put some work into this. It's going to be fine. And eventually, as people search for these topics, it's going to be great. But now it's, after we've decided that your video has outlived its usefulness, it's gone. Yeah. So I changed all of the titles on my Unreal, my Unreal oh. Glasses videos. Those X Real videos are not getting any significant bump with all of the news about X Real changing their name, with the X Real Beam coming mm -hmm. out, with yeah, yeah. other augmented reality products sucking <laughs> all the air out of the room. All of those videos would normally have gotten some kind of uplift. Yeah. But you know what video is hitting really hard for me right now? Is my Moto Edge Plus 2022 video. Because of the Moto Edge Plus 2023. Uh, so Google yeah. is pushing that. 
And that's yeah. one of my highest, beyond some of the more recent videos that I published, like the Sony mm. videos are, are doing pretty well right now. No, of course. But that's the video that's finding some kind of second, because no one else made videos about the Moto Edge Plus 2022. So it's me. You, I think um, you did a lot more coverage than most of us. And I think it, that to a certain point. Because wow. you also I feel kept attacked. it. You, no, 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 that, no. You kept that, the that phone. Cut me to the that quick, was the sir. other thing. You still had the phone at the end of the day. And. It was a weird conversation for me because, like, okay, I, I get sometimes when we the, when PR companies are limited on units, right? And I get that. Yeah. Uh, we had the same experience with the OnePlus Pad. But what I, what I mean to, with us is, especially for content creations and for people like us, that love, when we like a piece of tech and we want to live with this piece of tech for an extended amount of time, it does kind of clip our wings a little bit when we don't have access to it. And, no, it, and I, I, I absolutely envy the, the, what you have, but I've also switched over to the Edge Plus. This yeah. is my main phone now. And people are like, why did you leave the Pixel? Like, how would you leave Pixel 7 Pro? It's, like, isn't that the best thing? I was like, no, I'm not disagreeing with what Pixel can do. I'm going to be honest. Those are and really good work it phones. Actually, it does. Dude, for, for every day and everything that I need it to do, it does absolutely fantastic. Battery life is better. Charging speed, obviously, is faster. Um, overall performance and, and the Gen 2 on this has been screaming. I've been rendering, cutting, cutting video, doing many things with it. It does everything I wanted to do. The cameras yeah. are pretty decent. They're not going to beat, obviously, the, the 13 Ultra or the Find X6 Pro. Yeah, but if but I carry the 13 Ultra shot. with me. So I, if I really yeah, want to exactly. take photos... So I was never taking pictures with a 7 Pro yeah. anyways. I kind of moved on to the, the, the one-inch sensor of life, as, as, yeah. as I would like to say. But, but I, I do want to just really quickly, if yeah. you can't get a good photo out of a current Moto Edge or <laughs> Moto Edge Plus, the problem uh, isn't the phone. Okay? Yeah, I know. That, that's I know. definitely a user problem. I would absolutely rank the Moto Edge Plus 2022 as mm -hmm. the weakest premium tier camera on a phone or i should say premium tier phone camera of 2022 it is still incredibly easy for me to get very good photos out of out of that phone this oh, is see, a that, low light image straight if, at <laughs> if only that had come from an iPhone and then I would be able to say that it was a good photo but TK I know what phone okay. shot it so now I have to say that it's not a good photo the the images Actually, that is really nice the I like color, the way that no, it's playing with the color of the of the lighting yeah, yeah. and the reflection of the material that the the, the performer was wearing uh, they had so the, the weird thing is moto yes last week during the launch they incorporated the the razor plus and the, mm -hmm. the Razer and the Razer Plus into the performance. So all of the Cirque du Soleil oh, performers, cool. they had them like on their outfit. And then at one point they did the Power Ranger thing on top. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we need two more. You only Nerd. have three. You're messing with me right now. My childhood is crumbling. You know, and where is the Dragon Zord? No, it's kidding. It's just like, it was, it was, it was fun. The, the Razer, for me, the, I mean, I don't have the Razer, but I mean, the, the Edge Plus 2023 has substantially certain amount of improvements over last year when it comes to spec bump, but it definitely sure. did lose that pen input. That was my biggest thing. When yeah. I found out that they chose to take that out, I felt like, oh my God, that was like the one thing that made this like, such a super device because now you fix thermal issues. You're still giving us that un, uh, un, you know, uh, unthrottled, just do whatever you want to do with it kind sure. of a thing. You still have that ready for and still all the improvements. So like all that, that's all I wanted. Like I was going to say, keep it at 899 just give us the brand, the new SOC with it. And it was a decision that was made, obviously, to try to bring down the price. But the overall experience, mm -hmm. 
The 2022 is still a solid performer if you're looking for, yeah, pen, for pen support with it. Outside of the for Stylus sure. series, because they did upgrade the, the Stylus, I think the Stylus 5G and the Stylus 4G for 2023. Uh, but Motor's been doing really good. Like, I'm impressed with what they're offering with the Razer Plus yeah. as well as the Razer. I hope I get a chance to play with them. Um, they're going to be available hopefully very soon. I know the European mm -hmm. market... PR uh, content creators over there all have them. <laughs> They're all <laughs> enjoying them, and we're like, "That looks nice. That looks that looks pretty." I got to play with it for like a couple of hours last week, but um, yeah, well, we uh, should probably kind of kind of pivot because I mean, we we can always relitigate Motorola. I uh, just the the experiences have been so good, and I think that's yeah, yeah. part of the disappointment is it's a company that is not paying for advertising. It's, so it doesn't matter how good their products are. Consumers aren't as interested in them, which means they don't they don't less... see it in the yeah. Google had the same issue. Google had the same issue till they decided to uh, to till they dropped up the, hundreds of millions of dollars 100? on exactly. advertising. Once yeah. you start seeing like I'm getting TikToks that's... of the Pixel Fold now. Like everybody's like saying, how do you take yeah. pictures with a phone on the back? Main the best camera on the back, and you need a fold for them. Like no, you just turn the phone. You just turn that's the phone around. Yeah, I was gonna, like they've been doing it for years, but anyways, yeah. I mean, I, it is a I, I had situation. a little Nokia candy bar phone that I would uh, had a little mirror on the back of the phone <laughs> if I needed. So you're saying I could do this? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. you know, speaking of using better cameras, like using the rear cameras on your phone, uh, I mean, I'm sure you spent all your time with the Sony just taking selfies. Right. Dude, that's all I do. You know me. You know right. how I do it. I got to try different styles. I think at the time, right before I turned it back, um, I had my beard in blue. So I was going that nice. Super Saiyan blue color. So obviously, that's yes, perfect. tons of yeah. tons of selfies with a front-facing camera. And the main, main camera it. on the back. Because it's the only thing that you would ever want to do on a $1,500 phone is use the worst camera on that phone. Unfortunately, that's how life is. It is the For worst sure. of the worst. No, but I, I mean... The the improvements that we've seen on Xperia year over year have definitely um, have improved the experience, but I still feel like you're right. The main sensor on the back, regardless of what phone you're using, um, companies focus their processing, their best processing experience mm -hmm. on those sensors. And they, I want to say almost intentionally, and I'm not speaking Sony, I'm speaking like in general, intentionally right. crippled the front experience to some reason. I don't know why. Um, and, and it's basically just... Yeah, very few companies like Moto, not to bring them back, but they do 4K60 <laughs> on the front. Sony does 4K60 now on the front on the One Mark V. So I'm I'm happy to see some options on the market. But still, but, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's kind of funny to me. You know, like we need a, a hashtag. You know, bring main manual, main... <laughs> bring bring pro mode to the front camera. It's the worst hashtag ever. But we need to we need to set or, it up. Or, so, or maybe bring promo to some phones in general, kind of thing. But yes, no, I know what you're talking about. Right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, well, that's not an issue with Sony phones, except for that front-facing camera where you don't really have the promo on that. But nope. um, both of us got to spend some time. I mean, th we sent our Sony's back a little while ago, so we're just wrapping up the videos that we were able to shoot ahead. It's a tough. It's a tough. Yeah, I still have one more video back. that I'm going to be putting out hopefully next week. But, you know, we've been talking, we've been getting a lot, both of us have been getting yeah. a lot of questions about performance and the concerns over thermal throttling and, oh, Sony's always overheat. And uh, I feel like both of us are inclined to test that in different ways. And I was wondering, you know, I know you've got another video that's coming out, so don't go spoiling something. If it's, if it's going to be in the video, you should all be subscribed to TK's channel and watching his stuff. Absolutely. But and make sure. Yeah, yeah. You get a Sony phone and what are your expectations of testing? its longevity for a task 
And what, I mean, what that, what might that task be? I mean, like, are you looking at gaming stuff? Are you looking at photography stuff? Are you looking at, you know, uh, mixed workloads or data connectivity? What, what, what do you do to see if you can tank a phone in general, a phone in in general, but also specifically a Sony? So in, in general, my focus on most devices is uh, basically just general usage of what I do. I am a heavy user of a smartphone. Whichever phone I'm holding, I am definitely pulling more resources out of it that I typically would say from even a standard like, you know, my son or even my wife uses their phone. I do primarily not, a good part of my day is listening to content on it on basically using the Bluetooth radios. How does the Bluetooth performance play for music? But it's the other thing where I start shooting content because we use the, our devices to, you know, the, the best camera is going to be the one that's in your hand. And that's what I try to make it be whenever I'm testing it. So camera performance for video, for still photography, uh, what are the modes that we have in there to push the content? And then a little bit of uh, editing content for reels, uh, shorts type style editing on the uh, on device. I've done a few device videos, like full-length video editing on a phone where I've had my battery die on me in the past, but I typically focus more short-style video content on that and how quickly I'm able to produce, upload to the internet, and get that running. That's always be, that's literally a big part of my, my, my life. Connectivity, as you were saying, it's a big thing. Can I get the connection speed that I want? Can I upload as fast as I can, especially large files, 1.5, 1.7 gigs? When I was in yeah. New York last week, I was uploading from my phone. The internet at the hotel sucked. <laughs> That's a big thing for me. Like, I need yeah. to know that I can get the best. And um, especially with T-Mobile, because we have that mid-band, now we're able to get some better speeds. Yeah, uh, and then good. obviously the ability of seeing how long I'm able to withstand being able to play games, especially Call of Duty and PUBG Mobile that are typically going for, you know, 30, 40, 45 minutes. And if you play a couple of matches of uh, PUBG, you're into the hour half easy, you know, like mm-hmm. especially if you're obviously if you're making it to the end. So that, I'm hoping on some of those matches I'm doing well. And I typically go between 30 to 45 minutes on those. And thermals are an issue for me. That Last year yeah. we had – we were – I'm not going to say plague, we had a lot, of, we had, problems we had a lot of problems with the eight Gen one, and a lot of people saw that, and that was a concern. The big thing for me with Sony this year is I knew I do personally see, and I'm going to bring in kind of to Sony for me is I see the thermal improvements. There is better thermal management on this device. The HS power control does work better, and I love the fact that I was able to use an extension, an external source, to be able to give me power and still be able to play for an extended amount of time. And that that was the improvements that I saw there. The 4K60 recording on this, uh, and with native support to uh, what they call the endurance mode with live streaming, mm-hmm. was very nice. So the optimizations that Sony did over last year, and I feel like I'm really happy that they listened to us. Yeah. Um, have they've they've come to fruition. I mean, it's better. It's definitely better. Um, and it definitely, it does get a little bit warm, but it's not as warm as we were getting in last year. It's not un- intolerable when you're playing like Undead Horde for an extended amount of time and you have a, a full, you know, full Legion mm-hmm. kind of going around with you and so on. So for me, those are the type of things. It's like a little bit of everything. I don't try to focus on one because it needs to be an all-rounder. It can't be just yeah. a one-trick pony. Like some devices are for me like that, but like a Sony... It, it's a it's a whole shebang. I, I, I agree. Um, I, I feel like Sony's don't quite bring the more. Um, I don't want to say this. Well, I mean, we were just talking about Motorola. I don't feel yeah. like Sony's bring quite the same flavor of productivity that a mm-hmm. Motorola or a Galaxy Note are going to bring. It's but that's they bring an area they still sort of. That, yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of phones, especially as we're looking at an economy where people are relying on computing devices more and more and all of these things are getting horrifically expensive i think more devices should be bringing 
better computer style productivity tools to the table. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's something Sony doesn't particularly play with. That's no. not where they're investing their software engineer teams. And it is a very interesting hard split mm -hmm. between the PlayStation camp and the Sony Alpha camp. Yeah. So you've got a whole team of engineers at Sony that are all about cameras, and then you have a whole team of engineers that are all about PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. And they both occupy parts of the phone, but they're wholly separate experiences. Like, there's no unified Sony vibe. It's If you're a photographer and you really love digging into content creation and you want the best possible tools for some crazy 4K video recording or photography, or especially sports and action photography, you get a Sony. Yeah. Also, do you want some of the best gaming phone features that are available outside of an Asus ROG? Well, you, you also get a Sony. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it's it, so it, bizarre it, how distinct and how different those experiences are on the yeah. exact same phone. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that it, a lot of people still. It, it's hard to kind of just summarize it, but you're right. The there are still some areas, although we get improvements year over year, I mean, and again, hardware and software improvements, and definitely very well, I would say a good part of the features that we got this year were very welcome. 4K60 on the front, we have endurance mode built into the system, the onboard mm -hmm. recording, uh, you know, the basically video input recording straight on device. Yeah. A lot of those things I feel like are speaking to creators, speaking to people that love using and doing more with their devices. I still would love to see a native editing solution it's like it, it's mm -hmm. a it's a powerhouse of Their content audio creation app is so good it's i so want good. to give us basic multi-tracking video editing yeah i just, want that Sony even just flavor. open it yeah exactly and 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 i feel like so i i'll say the sony's leverages a lot of what google does when it comes to the software experience oh, yeah. they are not there i will probably put them in somewhat of the moto camp a little bit it's close oh, to totally. stock with a few modifications but typically they don't try to change much on the on the software experience. Really, it's more <laughs> not much at all. Yeah, I mean, it's and, side and sense. Exactly That's about it. And I think one of the things I appreciated about that is we are able to have video out. So they didn't skimp on that part. Sure. We have video output there. So you're able to use Nreels. You're able to use CCL glasses, any kind of XR or AR glasses. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to use. And I think that's one benefit there. But we are obviously, we don't have ready for. We don't have that that simultaneous easy. You plug it in and bam, you're ready to go. Turn on your, your shows. Turn on your games. Heck, use it as a webcam. Natively, that's just not something that is in there. You can. Sony's will allow you to do it if you install their uh, their application, but you need to know how to do that setup. But at the end of the day, I feel like this is something that needs a little bit of work. But I feel like everything has something a little bit where they can improve. Sure. The price is a little bit better. The storage went down a little bit. But I still feel like it's a powerhouse. And it definitely I is a niche product. I really want to give them the props on... We've got a whole conversation going on about LG phones, and I feel mm -hmm. it was one of the the classic travesties of tech reviewing where tech reviewers panned the V60 after it came out $200 cheaper than the V50 mm -hmm. and was essentially better in every way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, oh, it's got a 1080p screen. That means it's a mid-ranger, said some tech reviewer with way more subscribers than I have. Um, this, this move from the Xperia 1 Mark IV to the Xperia 1 Mark V is one of the all-time best reducing the price but not savaging all of the features on the phone. Exactly. Because the biggest change, 
I, I, the, the biggest downgrade is storage and then support for some flavors of 5G. <laughs> Again. We uh, have never <laughs> have its burger. seen a no, phone yeah. cut that much off the price and improve the main camera sensor improve the thermal performance with a better soc i mean mm-hmm. it's one part qualcomm and a small part sony's engineers of course I, like everything else got better significantly better the price got and they, better <laughs> and and the price got better so i yeah. really feel like that is that is an absolutely critical conversation point because again it's like it, this phone is going to get reviewed in a vacuum where people oh, it's so too expensive because there are other phones that do less well, that, that are that's cheaper. the other thing a lot of people and are reviewing it, the it phone is, it's not even out yeah how, exactly how well, is that anyone review? saying review yeah needs like, to be uh, reprimanded okay. but no, i do want to before we leave this 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 um yeah. this conversation because i do i i do want to talk about like my camera test here for just a little bit Actually, that's um, I was hoping. Yeah. What were some of your experiences? Again, not getting too granular or anything that you might give up in another video. But what were some of your thermal uh, experiences gaming? Because I don't play COD and I don't play Fortnite. So well, it, when I'm talking surprise, about gaming, yeah, it's a bunch of indie titles that no <laughs> one searches for. So my videos aren't very popular. <laughs> um, thermals on the uh, on the phone. I was hitting about 109, 110 um, in the middle. Like that's that, that that was the hottest I was able to get it, lot about okay. five to seven degrees less than what we saw last year, and oh, the yeah. the thermals were always uh, centered in the back of the phone. So most of the time when I'm playing on it, because one of the other things that the Sony has that most devices don't, it's a longer form factor that you know yeah. remote style uh, the experience where <laughs> you're always yeah. outside. Your hands are outside of the center part where most of the heat is generated. Mm-hmm. So uh, with combination of HS power control, I think it got around like 104 to 105. Uh, and without That's it, really it was about good. like basic 109, 110. And it did not hit the one the close to what we saw last year with the heat. Uh, extended shooting, when I'm using endurance mode, I could have gone for hours. This is like ridiculous. Yeah. Like you could just turn it on, set it up. Uh, as long as you're not sitting in the sun, and we haven't had that. Luckily, this time when we tested it, right? historically, whenever we've gotten the experience test year over year, it's always been hot in L.A. Right, yeah. but this year, like the heat just didn't get the got call weird. or something. It got real uh, yeah, weird. It was weird, but we had better weather. For me, content ca- capture was definitely one of the big pluses. But I felel like like this is something that they started with the four one mark four last year with endurance mode because they did push out yeah. that update so that you can use it with the grip. Sony doesn't have a problem letting the phone run hot. It knows the hardware can handle it. The issue was always about making it too hot for us to handle by hand. And that okay. was where I felt like the conversation wasn't clear. And now we're able to see it. Like when you go into streaming, because that will, that only does it tax sure. your display, the ISP, yeah. the, disp, uh, the, uh, the, no, sorry, the processor, the battery, drain, all of those things kicking in at the same time, the phone gets hot. They built an endurance mode that disables the, it basically allows it to run warmer. And even with those experiences, as long as you have it in a grip, it's pretty good. So the improvements are very nice and right. the thermals are, are well, and, actually and, and we uh, tangible improvements. Against- especially from the gaming perspective, from the gaming conversation, we want to showcase that against uh, our, our, both of our experiences with Red Magic. Oh, man, um, we yeah. both played with different flavors of the Red Magic 7 uh, with the 8 Gen 1, not the mm-hmm. 8 Plus Gen 1. No, you had, I had the 7 and I think you had the 7 Pro. I have the, se- I have the 7 Pro. Yeah. Um, yeah when I think we were at like 123 really... on that one. <laughs> I, well, I, that think, was I think one of our top temperatures was like 127. 
it was, um, and I want to say it was under. I was Horde. close to one thirty. It was under um, Horde at one twenty, one twenty frames per second for about ten minutes, and, it, and yeah, we started. And it getting, was, yeah, nuclear hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Even, so again, yeah. like knowing what the HN one can can be capable of, and that's a phone with an active. I mean, again, anyone who doesn't know this, or maybe you're catching the audio replay or something like that, the Red Magic phones have fans built into them like laptops or desktops there's active cooling which actually lets the chip run hotter (laughs) and then you would plug in a cable so it would bypass the battery so the chip could run hotter hotter (laughs) (laughs) red magic's like uh, here's the everything you would do to cool the phone would let it run hotter (laughs) <laughs> the more you were able to manage the eight Gen One, and I feel like Red Magic in in and I want to say mobile, almost would say ROG and Red Magic last year with the eight Gen One had the best approach to managing the SOC. I don't think it was a perfect solution on either because Red Magic, even though with the with the built in cooling the fan on, in the device, they also had external coolers that you could mount, uh, like the Peltier type of style coolers on the back, mm-hmm. um, and those are kind of also a little bit of a mix back. If you were cooling. If you were powering the fan from the phone, the temperatures went right. hotter because you're drawing power much faster and the batteries got warmer. If you connected it to an external power source, you were able to get better performance, as you said. The more yeah. you cool for, it, for, for the more Lyndon it pushes in our, in our chat, my yeah. hottest run on the 7 Pro, the Red Magic 7 Pro, was nearly 53 degrees Celsius. If that helps, since uh, it's always so difficult to talk in freedom units with an international audience. Um, that, that is a concern. It is uncomfortable. You can't hold the phone. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Hold it, it, it's that, just... especially from the screen side where you're controlling the game on the screen. So, um, I, I, I spent my time mostly focused on, uh, content creation and mm-hmm. I, I produced a video. You can catch the video on my YouTube channel, uh, well, or, or also on my website or my Patreon. Um, Early access I, I, always on the Patreon. That's the nice part. Early access. I mean, I actually just did another video early access right before we went live. So <laughs> there's a, a tablet review on the Patreon right now. Um, actually, and... not. I shouldn't say tablet review. There's a sponsored video, which I am still working out the last details with, but I am going I, early I, access I, I on gotta, the Patreon. I got to up my, uh, my subscription so... fee because apparently I'm not at the tier for that yet. But yeah. <laughs> I got to change it. The early access is a specific tier, but everyone gets all the good stuff on the Patreon. Just sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Absolutely. But um, I I recreated my test from last year where we were looking at 4K 60 video recording and 4K 120 video recording. And this was a frustrating year for the 4K 120 because it's only Sony right now. Um, there, There is another Axon but it seems to only have been released in China and it doesn't seem to be any significant change mm-hmm. except for going to an 8 plus Gen 1. So the Axon 40 Ultra has an 8 Gen 1. The Axon 50, I believe, is just an 8 plus Gen 1 and the rest of the phone looks like it might be the same. Okay. Um, the, uh, the other phone that could do 4K 120 was the OnePlus 10 Pro. That feature has been removed from the OnePlus yeah. 11 to keep costs lower. So mm-hmm. it was basically just Sony versus Sony recording 4K at 120 frames per second. But the 4K 60 test was a lot of fun because I put six phones up in a line 
comparing 8 Gen 1 against 8 Plus Gen 1 against 8 Gen 2 against Tensor 2 and against the Dimensity 9200. Nice. And as you would, as you might have imagined, if anyone is, is in this chat right now, um, I'm sure they probably would have guessed. But the chips that were made by Samsung failed the fastest. And all of the chips that were made by TSMC performed much, much better. <laughs> so this also runs true for Sony, where going from the Xperia 1 Mark IV to the Xperia 1 Mark V, we saw tremendous. We saw significant <laughs> improvements to video recording on, on uh, that generational. I, I, I can break down all the numbers and like this phone recorded for 30 minutes and this phone recorded for an hour. I, I got that, a whole separate video so you can listen to me prattle on about all if, of that. If you but like to geek out about the numbers, but yeah, no, no. But the main takeaway, Sony is benefiting just like everyone. I, I feel like Samsung owes a written letter of apology to the entire tech industry, like every manufacturer that they interacted with over their performance making chips last year. I feel like all of our problems. We went for two years of running hot chips. The 888 and the HN1 both were Samsung. Were Samsung, and they both are. And it's just such an easy, and I'm so I'll also say the the fact that you know Moto decided <laughs> so to go with the eight plus Gen one, like even with companies that are going back and using earlier SOCs, yeah. they're using the right one. TSMC, picking the, TSMC, yeah. it's the right one to go, and the eight plus Gen one is the right beginning to that story. So, yeah, I'm glad that you were able to showcase it, and I think overall the performance is noticeably better and tangible it's not just a, a oh, numbers yeah. thing you can feel it in your hands when it, it when the temperatures are not scorching to the point where you're cooking stuff and but you still enjoy it to me though is like it's not like the hn2 doesn't get hot it still mm -hmm. gets hot oh but no, I know. even even in a window where like i'm in the middle of this 4k 60 test and i'm trying to run each phone out for an hour um i mean the difference might be four or five degrees which is a bit. That's mm -hmm. quite a bit. Depend yeah, especially but if you're up there. In a window of four to five degrees, the Samsung chips are throwing up warnings. You're about to thermal throttle. We're shutting off other parts of the phone. We're scaling back this activity. You were running close to your video clip failing or degraded performance. And all of the Samsung chip uh, uh, excuse me, all of the TSMC chips are fine. Like, they're still running over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, and some of them hitting, like, I, I think one of the hottest I, I saw off. Again, all of this is kind of not scientific because we're using laser thermometers on glass displays. So whatever the real temperature is, this is just a, a ballpark. Like, Close it's not it's not precise. But even for that, it's not precise in the same way for every phone. <laughs> You know, it's kind of the same kind of well, because the hard, so not, not all hardware is placed in the that. same spot, and the the, the heat dissipation is not going to be. But in finding where yeah. heat is generated on a reflective surface is going to make the reading from a laser thermometer less accurate. I get all that, but it's kind of less accurate in the same way for every phone. Mm -hmm. But with a three to five degree difference between generations of chips, we see the HN2 handling that much much better. Fewer dropped frames, mm -hmm. fewer uh, fluid frame rates where they have to play with the uh, the frame rate to kind of keep processing in check, and less degraded performance. And so, again, it's just sort of a win-win-win all the way around. To bring this back to Sony specifically, I really feel like you and I should start bugging the Sony engineers to let mm -hmm. us record poor quality video. I'm not 
being funny or exaggerating. Okay. When I started looking at the file sizes of 4K60 video from the Xperia 1 Mark IV and the Xperia 1 Mark V, those phones are processing two to three times more information per second yep. than other premium tier Especially when you talk about 4K 120, and what we're talking about is actually 4K 120. It's not upscaled, so yeah. even you're not you're not upscaling the content. It's actually shooting that many. Uh, yeah, the, you're, you're the, not the, interpolating frames yeah. to, to fake reach up 4K 120. Yeah. No, it's yeah, yeah. really 4K 120 at an insanely high bit rate. So a, a bunch of people were trying to tag me. Wait a minute, but if it's a bigger file, then it's not doing the compression as well. So wasn't that a bad thing? And you're like, you're an idiot. And I don't think I can take the time to explain in the comments just how dumb you are. But writing that much information to storage and operating the camera's buffer at that tier where it is moving that much information information off the buffer. Yep, exactly. Is an incredible challenge that many of our standalone mirrorless cameras cannot achieve with the same kind of reliability. I need to talk to Sony and say, I need a... It's like VHS, right? You know, like I need a long-form recording mode where I know I'm recording significantly lower video data rate quality, but it's going to take up half as much storage per second. More storage efficient, friendly. More storage friendly uh, bit rate. Even and, with memory cards, you, there are going to be situations out in the field where you're going to want to buffer against that maybe save yourself a little bit of battery life for how much information is being processed and, and saved transferred to, um, to your, uh, to your storage. I, I need, I, I think this is, it, it took us five generations of Sony's for mm-hmm. them to finally give us focus peaking. Yeah, so I feel I if you and me both start bugging them about this today by the Xperia no, one Mark 7? 11, 11. <laughs> we should have, a, a lower bitrate mode. I, I, I love how your your game plan has a has an actual like setback schedule like on that. No, I'm totally with you. No, no, no. I, I'm totally with you. If I I will say this, if I do have the opportunity, or if we, we both have the opportunity this year to attend one of their events. I know there was a local event not that, uh, like a few days ago, not that like yeah. a few weeks ago, more focus around their cin- cinema areas and so on, not necessarily mm-hmm. mobile. But if there isn't a mobile experience uh, section where we're able to talk to their engineers, uh, I, I definitely will be. That would be one of my things. Last year, I harped out at, as much as I could endurance mode. I needed that function yep. to be front and center, not built into an accessory that nobody buys. Or if, if, if I mean, I'll say this. Even if you bought the accessory, you probably didn't even realize that the accessory did this function. But it was an accessory mm-hmm. that caused the function to work on the Xperia 1 Mark IV. Now, luckily, I have that grip because I've used it on many different devices. Oh, yeah. But the biggest thing about it is now it's built in, it's native, and they listen. This is the biggest thing. Like They actually yeah. listen to feedback. You have to appreciate so I, that I, as a company I love yeah, when Sony. they do that. Yeah. I, I love Sony because in any one generation of their products – Yeah. They are, they're the most like boldly arrogant, they know better than everyone else. This is how we wanted to make our phone. No, no compromises on our vision. Exactly. And our phone is different than everyone else. And there's always that air of, well, everyone else has it wrong. We're Sony. Yeah. <laughs> we are. You own we a Sony, Sony. And you feel da, like. Da, 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 da. Wait, hold on. That, yeah, exactly. Like, burp, 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 burp. I was like, um, yeah. You, you, but you do feel like 
part of the Sony club? It is a very unique, very niche, very small community. It's, um, but it's but enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. To what you're talking about, mm-hmm. if there is sort of a consistent pressure on a feature or something that would benefit uh, one of their two main disciplines, gaming or uh, photography and video, mm-hmm. that's where we've seen these incredible changes over the last two years. The game mode is one of the best esports year, year style. over year, hands down. Yep. And you can I mean, shoot like, you can shoot high frame rate. That's the other thing I think a lot of people yeah. don't realize. You can shoot 120 frames per second video at 720p on the Xperia to record your content if you want to share it. Yeah. If you're playing those level of games, like it's yes. not uncalled for. Most other but, phones but the, they cap you at 90 or a 60. But yeah. Uh, m- most cap you at 60 if you yeah, yeah, give yeah. you options. If the gaming phones give you options to at least like, you know, Push bump it. up the frame rate if the game yeah, is yeah. actually supporting it, but Sony Sony stands alone in one of the least gaming phone style packages, which is actually one of the best gaming phones that you can use. That that was clumsy. It sounded better in my head. Yeah. Um, but the uh, but that's the thing. They got feet when they started really going after like mobile esports, and they mm-hmm. they struck deals with like Call of Duty for, and PUBG. Fortnite and, and PUBG. Well, yeah, and, no, Call of Duty and PUBG uh, for both. They have uh, partnerships with them. Call right. of Duty for the longest time. And but that's you... that's. What I mean is, yeah. in listening to the responses from players on those games, that's when we saw these substantial changes to Sony's game mode. And all of the individual granular controls for how you can adjust the touch sensitivity, the thermal output. Like, you can tell the phone, run hotter. That's what I want you to do, and the phone will just do it. Yeah. And then the actual feedback, where you go into that menu... And it's showing you the power in and out and the sort of As the it's approximate power. wattage yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of what's going in and what's going out mm-hmm. is unlike anything I've ever seen on another device. Even these other really high-spec gaming phones that can do like charge separation and stuff. So to finish my point, if you ask Sony in one year for a feature, they're going to kind of blink at you and laugh. But if you kind of keep putting some pressure on them for two or three years, hopefully we'll actually see that substantive change. So if everybody here just starts asking Sony for 4K 60 frame per second video at like a 60 megabit per second data rate, we'll eventually get it, what, in uh, 2027. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I think it's... The good thing is that it, they listen, and as long as we keep we keep providing them the feedback that that it is something that people sure. are looking for, I think that's the biggest thing. I think for me, the biggest next big thing that I probably would would love to see is more, like I said, the ability of cutting video content creation from there from, oh, from yeah, that yeah. set, putting together all the resources. You know, the great audio, yeah. the great uh, video that for you're sure. able to record, but create from it using, let's say, obviously, I'm not saying like bring back you know uh, other other licensing uh, stuff like that for their editing software but like some type of basic solution something that is built in that you're able to put multi-track uh you know st- basic fades cut and fades in there so it's just something that ba- if you want to be able to throw something quickly and upload it on the go you're able to do it from the phone and if you want to maybe uh, throw in like a you desktop know, experience you know what's interesting to me is i bet you there are sony engineers that are probably pitching that right now mm-hmm. but video is surprisingly better covered on mobile than audio yeah, there are so few Android applications <laughs> to tackle better audio editing, and that's actually somewhere where Sony stands apart. But 
yeah, we could put all this money into giving you a really good editing solution, but if it's sort of a basic social media style, well, there's CapCut. If you yes, want sir. something more granular, well, you can do LumaFusion. Yeah. You know, so LumaFusion uh, runs really nice, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it runs so well. And, and especially LumaFusion plugged into another monitor. Mm-hmm. And now that you can support video out to the monitor while you edit on the phone, oh, chef's kiss. Yep. Um, but um that 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 i i believe that's why sony gave us these really in-depth multi-tracking audio recording and editing tools i'm hoping that they will give us i'd love to see sony's flavor of Mm -hmm. that video editing now that we've seen their audio uh their audio app but i bet you that's not a high priority for them given what is already available like i feel like it's it's a solution you're right it can be leveraged their audio solution was unique i feel like honestly outside of huawei smartphones and maybe pixels a little bit better with pixels i feel like very few other devices were focusing on that audio that quality audio uh, you know the ability of capturing that audio experience um sony was definitely next level with that one and the solution that they have is very intuitive very simple audio for music and audio especially for voiceover one of the best solutions, hands down, like to be able to just do yeah. a voiceover in any environment, um, almost as magical as when you try to use that voice focus in DaVinci. Once I discovered that function, I was like, oh, my God, I could be in a room with like a it's thousand drums. Fun. And it's like suddenly it's like, it's just TK talking to you on the mic. Welcome back to the episode. Like, I'm like, wow. Like, whoa. Okay. So, so yeah. Good. No, no. I'm, I'm with then, you. Uh, uh, we, 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 I, we could probably burn a whole extra hour talking. <laughs> DaVinci Resolve, the beta, is so good. Bring, bring but, me my, uh, yeah, oh my God, don't get me with betas. And um, I've been using the Photoshop. Okay, I'll say this. My license <laughs> for, for, uh, for, for <laughs> Adobe hasn't expired because it was prepaid right. for a year. And I decided to try the Photoshop beta with the AI fill tool. And I, and I will say this is my last thing. The, the video that I pushed out last week for, um, for the motos, I made a mistake and I did not shoot a wide enough picture for the cover pictures. The cover pictures were too close up. So whenever I tried to do 16 by 9, it was just like, oh, this is such a weird format. Jumped into Photoshop, jumped in, and I and I gave it the key term. I said, just fill in the exact same pattern as the table in the open space. I didn't say anything else. I wasn't trying to say add spaceships and bullets and whatever. Sure. It filled it in like crazy AI processing, but... That level of experience and what we're getting with photo with uh, with with um, with DaVinci with content, uh, the ability of transcribing, the ability of just getting a better it's, processing, and it just it's crazy how be- it's how much cool. better it is, yeah. and and it just like oh my god, and on the M two oh my god, DaVinci and the M it's not even M two DaVinci and M one Max, like it's it's, it's a it's a marriage made in heaven. It's a marriage in heaven that I haven't even wanted to try to turn on a we, desktop we to try to edit to, on. Need them to bring some kind of acknowledgement of an Adreno GPU. And we I'd need, love to see if we could get DaVinci you know, cranking on one of these ATA, yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly on ARM solutions. There, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping at, at Summit this year with whatever Orion's solution ends up being, it ends up getting the adoption that it needs. The biggest issue that we have isn't the fact that the technology is not there. It's the adoption rate. It's the... That's people. It, yeah, it, it's, it's when, when companies and developers, especially for content creation sure. type tools, do they basically value, like, okay, does this make sense to put that much power into producing a, a, a title that may or may not sell? 
mm-hmm. on the iPad that they released, uh, you know, uh, Final Cut, I think, and then they released it as a subscription service. But, you know, then uh, uh, what's it called? DaVinci Resolve is not a subscription service. You could just get that and run it. It is a separate license. It doesn't run in the same license that you buy for your desktop, but yeah. it still runs. And I feel like the solution from what we get there is that buy once, enjoy for for forever kind of a solution right. is so rare and so enjoyable. Like I, I cannot say good enough things about it and so happy I've left. Well, the, thinking uh, of things that you can't say enough good things about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's shift talk. gears and talk about Apple. Yeah, I love it. So, I love Apple. Uh, you know, that's that's probably where we should go next. We should. Um, it's been an hour and seven. Me... Everybody's been waiting. It's like, dang it, dude. When you said you were keeping it last, you I'll, I'll be curious. I, I, honestly, I mean, like with our viewers, it could be. It, it could be a coin flip. It could be a toss up. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be really curious to see what people's sort of uh, sort of thoughts are on this kind of stuff. Um, I Ooh. was. I did not install it on my Way watch. more interested and mm-hmm. and excited about some of the more mundane announcements yeah. at WWDC. And I have been hypercritical of their presentation for what everybody else is glowing all over from WWDC. So I just kind of want to start us off. This is the actual Apple site that we're looking at right now. Yeah, watch OS watch 10. Watch OS 10. It's in beta currently. Le- yep. bullet, bullet point it right now. Is there anything on Watch OS 10 that you're really feeling is I, is there anything there that's lighting you up? Right now I think just the interfaces, the widgets overall, I think the the UI, the smoothness of the UI overall it runs very nice. I loaded it up on my Watch 7 and it just it's not I mean it didn't it wasn't like earth-shattering. It still didn't drive me mm-hmm. to try to use it. I bought the Watch a while back primarily just to kind of get the latest and greatest from from Apple. I didn't go for the Ultra but I think overall, it's nice to see that they're still, you know, giving some love to the watch operating system and improving it year over year. I think to a certain point, if I was a heavier user of an Apple Watch, I probably would have appreciated it more. And I'll be very sure. honest, I'm more of a Wear OS or Wear type of a solution. But I'm intrigued to see what are those options. And I, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I will every once in a while just test it out with my 13 Pro Max. But it's a it sits ninety percent of the time on but the charger. It, it has updates for cyclists. And yes, you have e-bikes, so shouldn't you only be using Apple Watches now? I should. If I was, I mean, cycling, we have though. we have <laughs> if I cycling, cycle. we have bicycling tracking on our Wear OS watches. I mean, I don't think that that's been anything. Nobody covers that. No, no, cycling doesn't count on Wear OS, my friend. It only counts on Apple. No, no. All I right, think the, right the biggest thing. I think the approach was. It's definitely nice. Uh, they've definitely leveraged a lot of it, and I feel like it's a good solution for people that love. I think in Europe, right. in Asia, cycling is a lot more um, prevalent. Yeah, prevalent. Yeah, yeah people fair. actually use it as a mode of transportation, so it's not you know uncalled for. I think it's a good, good feature. And okay, of course, Mac OS Sonoma. Sonoma. What were you excited about for Mac OS Sonoma? Since you're now a big old Apple shill with your with your MacBook. Honestly, I don't have much that I was that much excited about. It's another I update. I am amazed that Apple invented opacity and transparencies for widgets. And the ability of moving looking, the widgets to the left now as opposed to having you, them stuck to the right. When but you yeah, look no. at something, they'll blur, blur the and bag. make the widgets transparent so that they're less distracting but the whole point of the widgets is also to be at a glance distractions. So Apple invented more distracting widgets that can be less distracting. It's like so I thought that was pretty great. I, I like I said, it, it, 
I, I don't even, so even on my Mac, I typically rarely ever use the widgets. And the only time I ever open up widgets is because oh, I want to open up my calendar. It sits in the widgets. Uh, I think the implementation of being able to throw things and making it more of an active desktop, moving things around is intriguing. I think it's interesting that if people want to do that. I think the point of having them at a glance was the benefit. It's not to make them, like you said, more distracting, having them sitting mm -hmm. in front of you. Now, if you sure. want to put like an example they're showing us there, you know, like a picture widget and so on, like to be able to scroll through images. The desktop isn't meant for that. 90% of the time, nobody runs apps in a windowed mode. They run them in full screen mode. The demo that they gave us, I felt like was not exactly representative. At least, and if I'm using my PC wrong, please let me know. I don't open apps in windowed mode. I don't ever open them where I'm like, I'd like to see a border around my, like the display is not, you know, it's too well, big. I, mean, I want to shrink I, I it down. I do that I've got a, a 4K art monitor over here. And a 32-inch yeah. ultra-wide gaming monitor over here. So going full screen doesn't make a whole... I mean, oh, wow, look at what my camera just did and freaked out. So uh, we, we do have, yeah. uh, for Michael Peppertech, web apps with support for notifications with Safari is nice. That's that. Yeah, um, I that is... I, 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 so this is one of the things that I'm always kind of surprised about when we hear about features like that progressive web apps. Mm -hmm. Oh, and now you can have this sort of better integrated into a notification system. And I keep forgetting that I'm the nerd who's on Firefox who has been doing stuff like that and, and sort of leveraging sort of the open source equivalents of like Chrome and Safari and, and all these other browsers forgetting that like, most people aren't. Most people don't have access to that kind of stuff quite as readily. Chrome is now its own operating system as a web browser. So I yep. forget that like Safari doesn't do that. You know? Safari like, needs to catch up a little. No, I know. I think the the interface for all the conversations the Apple likes to host about how they always come in with like the bestest consumer experience. It is surprising to me when something like that pops up, and I could have sworn that that was already a feature of Safari and Mac OS. I want to say and Safari on Mac OS, it's not. Uh, Chrome OS, Chrome on Mac OS, yes. And that's because it's right. just, that's no, no, because no, no. it's that's, Chrome. That's, that's what I'm saying is like, that's yeah. where I'm saying is like, I'm used to what I'm used to. So it's surprising to me when Apple promotes themselves as being a tech leader and they're catching up on features like that. Oh, a number of the features that they release and, and they talked about were somewhat catch-up. I mean, we're not talking... We have to remember Apple's solution to a lot of their tech isn't necessarily always innovation. It's always... It's a good part of it is refinement and um, coming coming after it's been out for a while and learning from other people's mistakes and then trying to improve it in their implementation. I feel like it's like 90% of when I watch their show, like I'm saying, what did they, what did well, they improve That's the claim now? they make, but they're yeah. just now bringing us notification support for web apps. So like... Well, because they realized people okay. weren't using uh, Safari, but yeah, no, I understand. All right, oh, iPad Mac, OS 17. OS. What, are, what are you excited about for iPad OS? Honestly, iPad OS, I, I was expecting it to get more functional, like desktop experiences and more. I mean, obviously they have they... custom lock screens. Why are you such an Apple hater? You're like, oh, I was expecting them to do more with these really expensive tablets. They gave you custom. They gave they, me subscription they Final Cut. They started off yeah. the iPad OS 17 conversation. conversation. We know our users love to customize their iPads, and all of us went. What do you know that? Th like really? Do you? Are you about customization? I really feel like that's not an Apple thing. 
have you seen the first iPhone and where we are today? Like, it it it, it has a couple extra bells, but it hasn't so had I, a lot I love of it at the wrapping it all up. We're getting to the very end of their iPad OS yeah. seventeen. Uh, they're part of the keynote, and they're like, "Oh yeah, and we're going to bring some updates to Stage Manager too. You'll be able to do a bit more with Stage Manager." It's like. That's like the most important part, and you spend Start all with this that time, and then, yeah, on like talking about widgets wallpaper. and lock screens. What are you doing? I why why it, would you it, do that? I know. Um, <laughs> I I didn't not I did not install the iPad uh, the iOS seventeen on this one. iPad OS seventeen. Yeah. So I, I'm sticking to sixteen. I, I I will wait a little bit. My iPad is a little bit older. I don't have an M series iPad, but it's it's yeah, overall. So you can't do anything with it anyway. It's basically just a doorstop at this point. I'm so. honestly I'm surprised it's even it even made it to the list. Let's just say that it made it to the list somehow. <laughs> Um, but right. I think the biggest thing that I've always wanted out of my iPhone is the ability of using it like a clock and a calendar. Because those okay. are the, those so are the few things on. I've never been able T- to TK, do. TK saw, saw me like scroll my browser. iOS 17, I am actually going to be a little kinder. Okay. Because I am that nerd who wants people to do more things with their phone. Of course. Okay. So this, what, what do they call it? It's not standby. Is it standby? No. Um, uh, what is the name focus. of their clock mode? Oh, for the love of God. Hold what on is a it called? It's, I was going to say, it's somebody in the chat, if, if you have, yeah, I don't. Michael Peppertech already knows this stuff. He, he, he's, he's probably yeah. filling in our, all our gaps. But I believe there is some concern at Apple over some of the mixed mode standby i was right it was standby mode okay there is some concern over where google is going with some of their products and standby mode to me looks like a direct acknowledgement of some of the good ideas we're seeing when you look at a pixel tablet but yeah no 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 no. I'm, i'm actually giving apple credit here i think apple is on the pulse apple is looking at what is going to be an immediate threat from a google tablet that docks and becomes a smart display, like a smart speaker kind of screen. Okay. And Apple does not have a solution for that, for their home management, their home smart systems. Can, can I introduce so, you to the Pixel 7 with the Pixel dock? No, no, no. But, but this is kind of what I'm talking about, okay. is Google, I was say, three years, Google two, two is three winning. Years yeah. For sure. No, I, 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 I think get that's you, why it but, was. But... But Google isn't backing off. Mm-hmm. See, HomePods sell okay. But the first generation was an utter disaster. Siri oh, is still ruthlessly mocked for being the dumbest of all of the voice assistants. I, there, there is, I, as we saw this keynote go on, there were these mm-hmm. ebbs and flows in, in Apple's stock price. And Apple leaned away from anything AI. And yeah, that's what it a was whole a bunch of investors... Di- but that's what a whole bunch of investors was wanted expecting. to hear about. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to hear the same conversation. Google was AI, AI responsibly, AI, so AI responsibly. This has zero to do. This is my perpetual frustration with how stupid the stock market really is. As any indication of the economy or corporate health, has nothing to do. Apple is the stupidest most profitable company in the existence of. <laughs> like how do they make money, man? That, that's the yeah. It, it's investors who want them to say and placate all of these fads. So a couple of years ago, it would have been 
Is Apple doing anything about crypto? I didn't hear anything about crypto in WWDC. Let's tank the stock price. Is Apple doing anything with NFTs? I didn't hear anything about NFTs in WWDC. Let's tank the stock price. And this year, the fad is AI. But what I think Apple is doing and and utilizing their premier, their crown jewel, their flagship, makes the most money product, Mm -hmm. they don't have a good infrastructure for smart speakers, smart displays, Ways that you can really take over the home. And They're Google trying. is the I bet, only um, company that yeah. can generate some consumer interest in North America mm-hmm. with that kind of home modular tablet strategy. So this hits Apple in two ways. It makes a Google, uh, uh, it makes a Pixel tablet a little bit more attractive. Maybe someone might want to use a Pixel tablet and pull double duty with a smart display and a tablet instead of getting an iPad. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. this reinforces Google's dominance in search and AI, things that Apple is woefully behind on. So well, what can you do? I, I, what I will can you say do? That he, you can, you can yeah. set up a special mode mm-hmm. so that now we reinforce um, uh, MagSafe. You, you'll want, people are going to want to spend more on nicer MagSafe displays. And it gets additional use out of the iPhone that was not present in any of Apple's products to this degree. Mm-hmm. So I actually think standby mode in iOS 17 is exactly the right reactionary play. It it's is not absolutely... progressive. It doesn't move the needle on anything. Please, it thank doesn't you. improve features. The keyword is reaction. But, yeah. Yes. But this is Apple actually reacting to what their competition are doing and providing a feature that people are going to get more benefit out of their phone. I, and I think the the approach to this, I think it's very nice and very, I, like when I saw that announcement, when I saw that, I was like, I felt it felt familiar to me. I'll say that I didn't make the connection to the pa- to the tablet because primarily I felt like that was more, it it's it's like the Nest Hub experience slash tablet, sure. like Google going yeah. back into that. And yeah. we really need to see how that implementation, how that transition kind of goes on and off on, you know, yeah. on tablet, off but tablet kind of thing. It's going to be a little bit before Apple can, can oh, utilize iPads. Yeah. And build an infrastructure where you can magnetically mount iPads. I, I was about to way. say, yeah, because they don't have any pin connectors for them in, in like that, that sense. They don't have yeah. any mounting con- connector options because they've never built it into them. But you're right. It's going to take them another cycle, at least maybe two cycles to catch up. Uh, the approach and that I saw was... They've got to go through three three product lines of iPads. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to make the all most the, sense. It's so, the iPad so this Airs. is what's so messed up. It's going to... No, not the iPad Air. It would make the most sense... Mm-hmm to eventually replace iPad first as your smart display, then refresh through iPad Pro to get your professional laptop replacement hardware up to speed, and then go back, because they've just recently refreshed iPad Air, you don't want to cycle iPad Air next. Oh, no, no. I, so what I meant to say is that eventually... such a mess. I, I felt like for the bang for the buck type of experiences where you're able to provide some type of solution like that at the most affordable skew when it comes down to iPads. I think the approach to what we're seeing here is very, like you said, reactive at best. But it definitely is done in a way where people, I feel like, will benefit from it. I think even that stand that they showed there was definitely very nice. I know a lot of Android users that I know, friends that actually use mm-hmm. MagSafe attachments on their on their Android device yeah, cases know, just right? so that they can get... I mean, it's it's a function that I feel like even though... I mean, it took Apple to make it more popular. It is ingenious, realistically, the ability of having it magnetic. I, and, but it's not totally uncalled for. 
Um, mm-hmm. I've had devices and I've reviewed many many devices like that on my channel that were based on wireless charging, chi charging that utilizes magnets yeah. around a case mechanism. So it's not brand new. But the overall experience here is making it more functional. I, To me, like I said, it was very akin to what I was expecting from Google because Google's had their pick. Like they don't have sure. – um, uh, what's it called? They don't have the ability of cycling through your Google Photos in there. Um, no. The functionality is in there to even no. be able to use it as I, That's why I'm saying and, is I, I really think speaker. that this is, yeah. this is reactionary. This Very isn't much. something that they've been planning out to be in addition for iOS for like the last four years. Yeah. And they finally come up with this feature complete idea of all the things that a smart display can do. Yeah, this yeah. is what can we do to quickly and uh, efficiently iterate on something that makes your phone look like a smart thing in your living room or or look at something else like it it actually would look like totally a different uh, piece of hardware once you're using it in this mode and i think it's it's nice and and not to kind of belinger too much but i feel like to a certain point i'm not gonna lie i I, in my mind when i first started thinking about you know the vr experience ar vr and xr that we they were we're not we're not there yet we're not i don't want to spoil i envisioned something in ios 17 doing that with it that was that's what oh, my liaison yeah. to. I always envisioned Apple tying their solution for that for this to either an iPad or a smartphone. I that the sure. the way they announced it with the M2 built into it, that was like okay. Yeah, yeah, you're getting we'll ahead get of there. yourself here. We'll get because we're still not done with iOS 17. Because the other thing that really pissed me off mm. was Apple bringing contact sharing. I so first of all, I want to give Apple credit. Because their method of bringing two iPhones together and it immediately goes to a contact sharing screen where you see like a nice, your profile picture on each phone Mm -hmm. and you can choose to swap contact information. And then you can control your profile picture. Not everybody can put a picture of whatever they want. Love it. it. Great. I'm, I'm on board. I actually really like how Apple has streamlined that interaction. Mm -hmm. It, sucks so bad that i'm gonna have to deal with parents uh at my daughter's school who want to set up play dates and they're gonna hold their phone out and i'd be like i have an android phone can you just tell me your phone number and i'll text you so that's gonna be a pain but what really pissed me off can was you bump it? i'm just kidding bump we had android beam with nfc support Yep. And instead of continuing to use that as a trigger for these types of smart interactions and smart sharing, because I can share mm-hmm. a contact to you over Nearby Share. Yeah. It is Nearby Share and AirDrop are so stupid cumbersome. I am broadcasting <laughs> a signal. Can all the iPhones see that I'm broadcasting a signal? Well, I want to send this to this one iPhone. So now you're going to say that you want to accept this file. We had an NFC trigger that could bring two phones in close proximity, both unlocked devices, so you don't have to worry about security concerns as much. And we could have been sharing this kind of content the whole time. Instead, Google got rid of Android Beam to give us nearby share. And the process, and and I'm not positive on AirDrop either, this process is so cumbersome. Wait a minute, can you see my phone? Did you tap the little pop-up? Did you are are you broadcasting? I'm about to send it to you. Do you not see my I'm gonna tap. Okay, are you getting it? It says it's received. I don't know. Where did it go? Oh geez. And this whole time we could have been doing all of the same kind of stuff. But now it looks like Apple invented bumping. <laughs> and we had it. 
We had that feature and Google gave it up to make a, a system more iPhone-like, which is the worst way to do what, what, Google bring immediate person-to-person person with, with Android 15. No, no, I, I think the it felt very much like bump. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the bring two phones together, share music, share contact information, uh, unified connection over where you can control your contact information, how it looks on multiple devices. I felt like the it, it's a cleanup but it's definitely kind of almost like they went back and uh, you know they pulled that out of the of a history book what they wanted to introduce. But, and but I think I the mean, solution Apple, is. But Apple did it. Did I mean again? If you're going to go back and and re, you're you're going to you know like uh, recreate mm -hmm. uh, a feature that one of your competitors had. I feel like they spruced it up. They made it really pretty. It is yeah. not nearly as flexible because Android Beam could have been used for anything. Mm -hmm. You could send web links. You could send contact cards. You could send photos. Like Android Beam was great. Web pages. Um, as long as you, whatever was on your everything. screen, as long as your phone was unlocked, yeah. you Tap just it see it. It's zoop, and then you click, and then poof, it goes to so, the outside. So, of course, in true Apple fashion, this is really just going to be for contacts to start. And I hope mm -hmm. they they include APIs so that maybe other developers <laughs> they probably won't. But uh, they it did kills mention me that. I want to say they did mention that it is part of the open uh, part of their music sharing API that it was going to be available for developers. Uh, for them to start yeah. trying to hook into it. So it, it is going to be supported by other apps, but they're leaving right. it up to but, developers. But again, in, but an, yeah. in an Apple style. Like if you and me are standing side by side, I can give you a, a, a music file from my phone. Yep. Apple's never going to let you do that. No, no I know. <laughs> so it, it, again, uh, iOS it, 17 also, I, I really hope that the, what we've seen from iPad OS and iOS from from the last two years, I have mm -hmm. seen such a rise in in complaints about how buggy the iOSs have become. Mm -hmm. So in that we're seeing some new features, but they're not radical differences in the user experience. I really hope that Apple is taking this time to kind of streamline, to bug fix, and to patch things out. I hope so. Um, the, the one that really surprised me, and I, if, if you were on the private Discord, I, I really did do an... Oh, whoa. Oh, poop. They really did do this. The cheese grater um, is back, my friend. New Mac Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, there, there are very good reasons if you're in the Apple ecosystem and you need a workhorse, workstation-grade machine. Yep. Um, it still bothers me that like certain components, like you can't swap a CPU. Okay, mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Um, GPU stuff also, No. But this is now the only Mac where getting in there and adding storage and uh, and Basically, adding RAM exactly expansion so on, on that level uh, is 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 supported. It but makes it, it makes sense to maybe spend above Mac Studio, but start out at a lower level for Mac Pro and mm -hmm. then upgrade it as you need it. This is now the only upgradable. There Mac is solution. no other Apple product that can be improved after you have purchased it. Especially, so is... especially with the new um, uh, Apple Silicon. Yeah. Ever since they've moved to the M series, we've lost expandability. All we've of that. Lost. Yeah. Everything is soldered on board. Everything is on board, which makes sense. And I understand the speed, the performance. But one of the biggest things that challenges that I was dealing with when I was trying to buy my Mac was. I needed to buy a Mac that had 32 gigs of RAM minimum. I could not buy a 16 yep. and say, well, maybe I'll buy a, a 32 gig, uh, two sticks later on and I'll upgrade it at a later time. No, no, you had to do it. And then luckily I was able to find one that was at 64 just to kind of top it off. But yeah, 
Yeah. Um, it's it, it. They also did update. Uh, I think the Mac Studio. Yeah, did also Ma- Mac Studio. Update. The 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 update going to M2 Ultra. I'm now My less up. positive <laughs> on Mac Studio for being sort of a stopgap, oversized Mac Mini. Now that there is going to be an actual legit Mac, Mac Pro. Pro. Yeah. If, if you're it, a pro. The starting price on the Mac Pro is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And yeah. when you fully max this thing out from Apple, it's it's a third the price of the maxed out Intel Mac Pro. And it which, outperforms, yeah. And, and yeah, well, I loved how during their keynote, it was like, well, compared to the last generation Mac Pro, you're like, that's like a four-year-old Intel system. Like, that is yeah, so like, Apple yeah. to be like, oh, it's just not as good. And you're like, uh, but you're asking, like, who would compare, oh, but my Dell from four years ago is so much slower, you know what I mean? You know, like, it's such crappy, unlabeled bar graph re- it, uh, keynoting. It's a self-pat on the shoulder. It's a, that's literally, that's right. all it was. But this was oh, actually surprising. Yeah. And, and, and this one was actually pretty cool, too. Sorry, we I don't have to that. spend much time on this. Yeah. Um, Paul on the Discord, I think, is going to be flipping. He has a MacBook Air. He, mm-hmm. He's like, I, I just need the bigger screen. So even though it's like a brand new MacBook Air, he's already like, well, I can trade it in. <sighs> I got to get the 15. So MacBook Air 15 inch. It, is, to uh, me, it is makes perfect good. sense, especially when you want. Yeah, it's great. When, when the M series in there. The, the side we've never, we've always had smaller version. The Air was supposed to be light and nimble, and it makes perfect sense. And it, this is still going to be light and nimble. This is still an Air. Yeah. Uh, but you need an option for something that uh, for content creation, or not even that, just even for people like me that just need slightly bigger displays to yeah. work with. I can't yeah. work on a fourteen or a thirteen inch display. That just well, kills you know, me. Fifteen point six is it's, like. It's really a bummer that not everybody can just add some really good XR glasses. Uh, you know, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be great, but uh, you know, there's just no good option. I, I edited my video so. on the Unreal Max using the Unreal Max. I was having such an inception point of experience there as I'm like sitting. So I was in Chicago and I was going to Motorola and this was around the the Moto Edge and and the Moto Stylus and so on. I was sitting in the room and it was literally, I would probably say maybe a foot and a half away from the wall. Okay. Mm -hmm. I put my Mac, I set it up, my mouse, keyboard, right, left, left hand on the keyboard, right hand on the mouse. And the, and the, uh, the basically was just basically, I was was the Rokid or the Unreal? No, the sorry, the the Rokid Max. My mistake. I called them the Unreal Max, but is, how dare you? It's like it's like somebody's knocking on my door right now. Um, no, the <laughs> the overall just the in, the the experience for me, which and I feel it's like this would be good a good transition also to the conversation that is going to come up because I've used I've used AR and XR glasses in uh, in planes for many months for for yeah. between the two of us actually almost two years now, and yeah. The, the reason why I enjoy them is it is that ability of escaping the surrounding, the ability of basically, you know, if you want to be able to do something and just sit there and you're in a small confined space, sure. it just takes that out. So, 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 so basically what you're saying is you've already sent Apple money to get the Vision Pro. All $34.99 plus tax, plus shipping, plus yeah. kidney, and plus firstborn. No, wait, not firstborn, secondborn. Eh, we don't have a secondborn, so we'll have to do uh, it. Yeah, sorry. All right, I, I, so I, I want to start. I want to start nice. Okay. I am. Uh, I'm very excited mm-hmm. that Vision Pro is going to be uh, one of the first 
I know it's supposed to be a real consumer product, but really it's a dev kit. It is a $3,500 headset is a dev kit, but I am really excited that Apple is going to be able to bolster micro OLED manufacturing. So that's one of the reasons why this is an expensive product. Mm -hmm. I feel that's, that's fair. And I feel like we can give kudos, um, Apple kudos for including a more exotic display or, or I should say more exotic displays, plural, mm-hmm. on this product. Um, I also I also like the idea of popularizing self-contained compute systems. I think okay. uh, HoloLens started us off on this conversation. Oculus continued this conversation. And the fact that this is essentially a MacBook on your face helps further we should expect improvements to processing power, compute power to, to scale with mm-hmm. these types of experiences. And also I, I, I like the idea, although I am not sure how it's really going to function mm-hmm. of incorporating a secondary display. So you've got your screens per eye, mm-hmm. and then you have control over the immersiveness of how that might occupy your field of view. We have no idea what the field of view on this headset might be because Apple has not delivered any information. And most of the people talking about their experiences test driving it have been very handled and managed by Apple to say very little about what it's like to use this headset Nothing we saw in this keynote mm-hmm. was real. Everything was simulated. I oh, kind of got into it with Brian Tong mm-hmm. on Twitter. He he set up the false dichotomy of, but Juan, you say you love technology. How can you poop all over this? Like, my only options are, if I love technology, I'm not allowed to criticize an Apple keynote, right? So that's not a thing. I am... What Apple showed us, none of it was real. But the claim was Mm -hmm. everything we saw during the keynote was actually generated by a Vision Pro. Now, how do we know that that's not true? If you've ever seen screen recordings of someone using VR or AR or MR headsets or glasses, you see every micro movement of their head. The reason you don't see that when you look at the world around you is because your eyes and your brain compensate like its own image stabilization system. Mm -hmm. You don't see how shaky your head really is until you look at a recording of you you using a pair of glasses or a headset or something like that. So the fact that we're looking at this Apple keynote and they're doing these perfectly smooth, slow pans that are supposed to be from the user's perspective... B.S. That this is undoctored. It, it, it's it's really because, generated from the headset. And that I is think crap. Though it, it is, you were absolutely right. It is absolutely video recorded and 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 pre-rendered and pre the the. Um, so a- anyone who's trying to fight me that like somehow there's like a magic to this product or how can you even criticize it if you haven't even really tried it? I'm not criticizing the product. Because no one has experienced what using the product is. Even people who wore it after the Apple keynote, they were not allowed to just use it. So it might have been awesome, but what they're, what they're excited about is higher visual fidelity, mm-hmm. better cameras. Because yep. this is going to be like Google Glass Gen 2, right? Yep. 
we were upset about Google Glass and privacy and people using cameras and things, then putting even better cameras on an AR headset should be just as concerning for our privacy. I'm, I'm also wondering the, the heat dissipation and, and all the setups and the amount of displays that we're talking about in front of the eye. Oh, with the... actually, yeah. so, so, so twofold. And, and, yeah. and I actually do trust that Apple has learned some of their lessons from the AirPods Max. Okay. It is really not a good idea to make head computing and head media consumption all out of glass and metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks flashy. It's mm-hmm. gonna, it's going to make people say things like, oh, it feels so premium in the hand, but it's heavier and it, it, it's going to trap heat worse. The thermals on this are going to be a concern, but mm-hmm. unlike the AirPods Max, this will benefit from active cooling. That M2 chip does need active cooling, and I bet you mm. they've probably been cribbing some of the more recent. Uh, like, have you seen the new HTC? The, no. the Vive, I think it's like the Vive XR. I can't remember. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. They, they've got a pass-through channel mm-hmm. that helps move heat, like from your skull out through the components. We're, t- we're that talking need to be desktop cooled. class, uh, not that. Well, I mean now desktop, but like laptop class. Yeah processor right in front of your face and that was that sure. like like you're putting an m2 and a coprocessor that actively but, but, runs all the all the sensors. but the data. tricky thing because michael pepper is saying there there are active cooling fans on the front end yeah it's not just can we cool the m2 it's can we move body heat it's, we have to start so many of these conversations from scratch i have been playing with ar and vr for i mean since the original oculus mm-hmm. I've got like a little Windows mixed reality headset. I've been playing with all of these glasses. Like you don't realize when you try to make this experience more personal, more immersive, and it it has to interact closer to your your biology. Everyone thinks eyes. Everyone thinks ears. But no one considers skin pores and as someone who suffers from some pretty radical psoriasis outbreaks i have to be very careful about what i smush on my face for long periods of time Mm -hmm. and you don't take into account putting something like that up against the skin of your face creates pockets and wells of moisture yeah like that needs to be accounted for. So the fact that Apple said that there are cooling fans doesn't necessarily mean those cooling fans are there for your benefit. It means it definitely means it's there for the M2's benefit, but I'm hoping (laughs) and I'm giving Apple a really big benefit of the doubt here, which no other company ever gets the benefit of the doubt, but Apple. Yeah. I'm hoping they have done something more like what HTC has done. I'm hoping they ripped off HTC where what cools the chip mm-hmm. moves air from your body through the components cools you as it's cooling the internal heart reduces the chances of fog uh, fogging glasses and, and exactly getting, no, no and, and any if, and, if you've ever used an oculus you know you know that oh you it, know that, 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 that heat the sweat that starts <laughs> dripping on the side of your face Man, after you, you 30, 20, 30. songs and beat saber and it's like yeah. i've got puddles <laughs> yeah exactly it's like barely sweating on the body but here it's like no this is sauna central um those are the, those are some of the things that I've always been interested in in how companies approach them, because yeah. with the with the glasses that we've reviewed within the last couple of couple of years, most of them carry the the sensors and the processors right dead center between the two yeah. ca- between the two displays, and it's 
I understand. Well, you need to reduce latency. Yeah. It, well, not just latency, but they're also trying to fit into a form factor. Obviously, there's a oh, limitation yeah. of where you can put big, you know, chips and and no, no, no. I mean, boards. you could literally. I mean, if you look at the HTC's design, they use it for a battery. You could put compute components on the back. But once oh, you're absolutely. wiring everything to those displays, that is such an, a profound engineering challenge that we of, often just go right between the eyes. Yeah, no, no, um, I, I'm with you. And and I think, uh, oh, okay. Michael so I, oh. Peppertech is saying all day cooling comfort is what I've heard passed around as the phrase. Says who? Two hour comfort. Uh, I'm not, not picking on day. you, Michael. It's two what hour, I'm saying it's is two hour comfort. Sorry. The, yeah, the headset runs for two hours on a battery charge. Unless you've got a hard cable connected, which I hear is always bad on my other glasses that there's a cable on them so obviously anyone who's ever criticized these other glasses is going to criticize the vision pro for having a cable also but no one has used it so you don't know we don't know if there is all like i can wear this all day for real and that's the thing that really bothers me about apple's presentation is how like aspirational and emotional it was yeah. how mean-spirited it was towards the competition, completely misrepresenting what the current state of mixed reality and virtual reality are, um, and then also blurring the lines in really unfortunate ways where Tim Cook starts the presentation saying AR is a profound technology and Apple had no augmented reality to show. There was zero augmented reality. Everything they showed us was basically experiences similar to mixed reality headsets. And that to me is, is the problem I've always had with Apple in the press, whether or not this, this product turns out to be a great product, Mm -hmm. their keynote and their press influence, I felt was extremely toxic because I've been playing in this space for so long now. Yeah. If, you, if you're telling me that this is the next leap, the only thing that they demonstrated was it's got better cameras and it's got better displays. Yeah. Well, what's the price? Because show me another <laughs> VR headset that hasn't been savaged for being too expensive if it was more than an Oculus Quest. Right? No. If it's any other company, it has to be a race to the bottom to the lowest possible price. And if you price above a heavily subsidized headset like the Oculus Quest, well, it's too expensive. Why would you get that? You can get a Quest. A Quest is like $300. Yeah. But only Apple is ever allowed to work with some of these exotic technologies. Look at the backlash that like when it came out, because it's an older headset now, like the the Valve Index, mm-hmm. one of the highest visual fidelities. Look at the backlash that you see on the PlayStation VR 2. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing visual quality, but you also have to own a PlayStation. And the two of them together, that's like $1,100. Who would spend $1,100 on a VR headset? Whoa, it's, it's, it's so like, expensive. It's like three PlayStations and three uh, three, uh, three VR three, headsets. Three you'll VRs, get to, yeah. yeah. You'll be basically at the... That's what you need. You need that much power. No, no, I'm I mean, you. it's uh, like... Uh, I had to adjust my pricing, but it's like nine pairs of X-Real Air. And it kind of does the same thing as the X-Real Air. In what it does right in what it what they showed us right now, um, I I, I will say it's interesting. And I'll say it's interesting only purely because of what they were trying to showcase. I don't think what they showed us was groundbreaking. The only thing that they've showed us in there is 
they're obviously using better cameras. They're able to leverage that, that pass-through mode option where, you know, you get to see the person's eyes, but they're not really looking at you. They're really looking at a display yeah, of the outside. Really... Like, that was like, yeah. okay. Like, that, I felt like there was just more or, horsepower or, or for no reason. You you can do a FaceTime call where it's a ghastly, uncanny valley zombie yeah, digital essentially, avatar. Yeah, was... like, can we say meta at this point? Can we say we've already gotten to the meta level? Um, the... Okay, so I'll, 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 maybe I'll say this is where this is where it got me got me a little bit off on the the approach of what this is intended for. Sure, this device is intended for a single user. This is not intended and designed for multiple users. Fair. It's not going to approach. Agreed. You're not going to be this guy that like, oh yeah, wow, I'm going to go ahead and buy it, and uh, you know, my wife can use it, my kid can use it. The reason behind that is the way it's designed, the the user interface, especially if you wear glasses. And I'll say this clearly. Yep. The Zeiss lenses that you need to buy to be able to use because you can't fit glasses in this. The inserts, yeah. The inserts are three to six hundred dollars, and they're custom made specifically for yep. the unit, and they're not removable. You have to get them done at the store, which means you just knocked out anybody else being able to use your glasses. Which they 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 were a sponsor on one of my videos. They are not sponsoring this podcast, but if you check out the folks at VR Wave, that's mm-hmm. where I got these blue light filters for my X Reels. Oh nice. And they cover every almost every other VR and MR headset. Uh, their prices are remarkably good for getting very high quality lens inserts for everybody else. I agree, for yeah. Apple, you will mm-hmm. spend as much on vision correcting lens inserts as you would on an oculus quest so we're talking about a forty one hundred dollar investment for a single user and, right. and 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 this is where i, I get it. okay for anybody that's ever traveled using any of these when we talk about like you know because they're talking about some people travel using them on a plane this requires a special case this does yep. not come in a small conforming nope no, not that i'm trying to point it it will not look into something like this okay nope. come on sony it will not fit into something like the Rokid Max that we have here. No, that is not the conversation. Well, so, I, I, I don't know about you, but the last time I flew, mm-hmm. I actually didn't put them back in the case. I, <laughs> I had my X reels. I mean, at the time they were the N reels. Yeah, I put them in the, a shirt pocket. Yeah. Go, you know, but that's the thing. The form I factor. I can fly th- on a plane with the Oculus Quest. But I can't put it in a shirt pocket when I'm just, ready to get off the plane. I don't, I don't envision somebody carrying a big, like almost like a Quest-sized case, like yeah, a bigger case. that would case. be their carry-on. Yeah. yeah, that'll be the carry-on. And for them to carry that with them on the plane, for them to be able to use this thing on the plane. I think what, what we're seeing here, as you said, this is primarily a, a um, an aspirational flagship ex, uh, or dev kit, per se. This is yeah. what they're aspiring for it to be at the best experience, the best solution. So, Michael Peppertech, I'm not picking on you. I'm genuinely asking. And I am yeah. putting this out there because Apple gave us so little information in this keynote. And I, I, after Brian Tong accused me of just being a hater, I asked him point blank. I'm not being a jerk. Show me what this does that's better AR. Mm-hmm. Because HoloLens from Microsoft came out seven years ago and did real spatial interactions with your environment and with your person. And so Michael Pepper tech is saying they did show more AR stuff during the extended coverage. They should have demoed that during the main event for sure. Please point me, uh, hit me up on any other social media. Cause unfortunately I don't know that links will show up in our, in our chat right now. Well, they'll show, show up. We, we can't click them. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, but, but I'm serious. There is no AR 
that has been publicly shown from the keynotes or from these style demonstrations that are on the Apple website. What we are seeing I, right now is mixed reality. We're seeing a floating window in space, mm-hmm. but from HoloLens Gen 1, I could take a floating window with Netflix and I could turn and I could go to my wall and I could pin. stick it to the wall. And I, then I could arrange it so that it was the right size and at the right angle. And anywhere I moved from that room, it would act like a picture frame bolted to that wall. From the original HoloLens, I could hold up my arm and in RoboRaid, a gauntlet would build around my hand, Mega Man style, so I would have a blaster that could shoot bugs that crawled out of the walls of my home. And everywhere I moved, it was perfectly oriented to that location fixed point. It augmented my reality and it interacted with real landmarks in the room that I just scanned. Apple has shown us no AR. Everything that we've seen is basic VR functionality and can be copied not as nicely and not as at high fidelity. It is not the same experience, but putting a floating window out in space in front of you is a $300 feature. <laughs> $300 on, on these glasses or on the Oculus Quest mm-hmm. will do the same thing. So Michael Peppertech, they demoed the beating heart, the ability for 2D objects to come off the surface and make it 3D, games on the table or other flat surface, butterfly landing on your hand if you stick out your finger. The butterfly landing is about the closest thing that I would say is actual headset v, uh, headset AR, where you've got a hand out in space and something actually interacts with that as part of that computing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty close. It, but again, can, mm-hmm. on a VR headset or on an MR headset, On an Oculus Quest, I can draw something and have it float out in space in front of me from a 2D to a 3D image. That's not AR. Floating a 3D thing out in space in front of me Mm -hmm. is mixed reality. That's not augmented reality. So again, if it's not really interacting with my desk and my chair and the walls and my TV and all of the like my computer monitors and well like, I mean, we're I trying to do more bug... than what the quest pro can already do which is the other thing quest pro yeah. like, half the price right now can <laughs> right. do most of the things that they're talking about and I, I i understand there is the apple tax there is the refinement in the technology but i still i weirdly right. don't understand how they could make how how could they approach it in the sense where it's not user shareable this is a yeah. weird situation because as such a massive investment even if let's say you do buy it for yourself Nobody else can use it, and you are the only one who can enjoy it. And I understand that that forty six hundred, forty one hundred dollars is is a massive investment for yourself. It's a, a. This is how I'm envisioning it, and people can correct me, and we can talk about this in a couple mm-hmm. of years. This is it, it'll. It's going to sell to early adopters. It's going to sell to whomever the the early you know uh, content creators or whatever that want to be able to get that get the that experience in there. And there's going to be a lot of amazement, but realistically. The second-gen version of this where there is two solutions, there is the light and the pro version, that's where the people <laughs> may even remotely look into this. And we're talking well, two to three years away. Well, this I, is not a solution. This is a future. I think you're, I think you're being generous in saying two to three years. Um, I, because I, so, no, no. this is typical what Apple does. I mean, they're showing us something that's oh, unattainable. No, no, no. I, I, and... I don't think this is an Apple problem. I really don't. Okay. 
I, I feel like techies, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm purposely also chatting with people in our audience, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the person who's giving you a spoonful of medicine. So I'm, I'm being snarky to people like me. We have been consuming AR, VR, MR content in science fiction since we were little, little kids. Yes. The notion of a holodeck, the notion of holograms, the notion of I put on these little wire frame glasses or I put in some contacts and I have fully realized location aware, environmental aware, you know, infographic pop-up Terminator vision with no batteries. That you no, I was, gonna, was just about to say all of that running off the body heat of your, uh, yeah. your own body. Yeah. But yes. and, and in your contacts. Yeah, yeah. We've been experiencing that as a construct for science fiction and fantasy storytelling for so long. That's what we expect is right around the corner. HoloLens came out seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And outside of construction and uh, medical use and some of the... Uh, B2B um, solutions primarily, yep. B2B solutions. The primary application and the primary investment sector for Microsoft on HoloLens has become military. Microsoft took HoloLens. They, they made a big, uh, splashy presentation, kind of pointed consumers at it. But really the big money has been getting these government contracts and military contracts. Mm -hmm. And just recently, we just heard again, it's going to be another couple years before the military-grade version of HoloLens is being deployed because they're still working out issues with things like durability and nausea from some of the soldiers that are utilizing these types of optical systems. Yeah, That's nine years of development from another pretty much trillion dollar company getting all that government cash to work on this system. I think it is very generous to think that Apple could maybe get another version of this to consumers in like a three year time frame. I think even when we see a vision pro two, it's likely still going to be in this dev kit tier, not in a pro or light version where someone who's making a premium purchase, but a bit more casual, like it's a, like it's a thousand dollar VR headset. Mm -hmm. I don't think that happens for five years at least, and maybe even longer. Um, I like the, I like the odds. I think we can have this conversation in a few years and we'll see in in three years. We're going to come back to this podcast. I'm going to set a Google calendar reminder. Um, But, but that's also part of the problem is we have sold fully realized v a uh, fully realized ar as being something that's just right around the corner right around the corner and it's been right around the corner for almost 10 years and and so you pick up these inexpensive glasses and people are like well they're they're not good enough they don't do enough uh, they only do like basic uh three degrees of of head tracking and you know the visual fidelity is only 1080p uh you know wait until you can get something real or wait until, you know, something better comes along. They need to be better and cheaper and slimmer and have, you know, a full, you know, a battery and wireless connectivity. Every single comment I've gotten on the Rokids and the X-Reels. Whenever people criticize it, they're criticizing it with the idea that science fiction magic mm-hmm. is right around the corner. Yeah. And those right. products, those products that you see in science fiction <clears throat> movies won't exist for at least a decade. Oh, no. At I, least. No. At least the, a decade. I will say that I'm very grateful that we are at a point in time that I probably will say I could not have imagined as a child. Growing up, 
not realizing, obviously having, P- I mean, having access to PCs and maybe Atari, I not once ever would have thought that a smartphone or something of this size would be able to compute and run my entire life on it. My personal, yeah. my experiences, everything that we're able to do on it. I could not have imagined that technology would ha- would get to the point where we are now. But I ab- absolutely agree with you. We have this aspirational, uh, the Jetsons kind of an experience where we're all, you know, the, get in the car and just, dry, you know, float over and go over. To, we're not to that level. We don't have that experience. But the reality of what we have, and and, and we, we always do provide Apple a certain level of, like Apple and Samsung, they get this level of, yes, but they'll fix it. But this is Apple and this is Samsung. This is the best thing since sliced bread kind of thing. Look, I don't disagree that this is a big move for Apple. I think what they're doing is aspirational at best at where we are right now. The product itself is still, we are in June. It is still over six months away at best mm-hmm. if they release it in January. And they're not. But they, whenever they <laughs> release it in early 2024 for the $3,500 sure. price tag, it will be something that people try. It, and, and maybe I think the more you say it, I think it makes perfect sense. The first and second generation are still going to be more of an experiment for them. It's the dev people, kits. And, and for the people, dev kit. They're dev kits that but they But for the people that buy it, I really sincerely don't think that they will. will also pick up. No, absolutely. And they're always going to be those, the, 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 the solution where I think some people were referring to it as, you know, Apple's vision of eliminating the iPhone is essentially sure. making this. The, maybe, maybe we're ready for Ready Player One. Maybe our lives are ready for the full body suit from Apple. I, I, I think it's the opposite. I think you're absolutely spot on mm-hmm. that Apple is envisioning a future where you don't have a TV in your home. Mm-hmm. So everyone who lives in your home has to have some kind of wearable face computer. So yeah, why buy in. one TV when five TV even better? Mm-hmm. And this is also where I'm very concerned that all of these demos and all of these simulated experiences, which none of them were legit, none of what you can see, none of what they showed in their keynote, none of them were real. They were all these, again, it's like trying to say this is going to be the best game ever, but all you saw were the pre-rendered cutscenes. Right? Yeah. They want you to own multiple computers per person, and each person has to have multiple computers in your household. The phone that does phone things, the tablet that does tablet things, the laptop that does laptop things, the headset that does headset things. And you can pair your headset and your laptop together to, to function as one computer. So that, I can't. That's wait how to I was envisioning that. This is what I was envisioning that ecosystem. Two whole computers <laughs> to to simulate the experience of using one whole computer. It it's the interoperability that I felt like this this product was totally put in. Apple's known for making things work together, especially internal ecosystem working things. I mean, one of their biggest thing was talking about how that you were able to basically transfer FaceTime calls directly to your Apple TV and be able to use your phone as the webcam on the Apple TV. That was some of their, you know, their announcements they were talking about. But this system, this entire system, the way you see it, and the reason why, it, again, DefKit is the big label on this, it is an entirely siloed experience that did not connect yeah. to anything else at this point. It's not trying to leverage anything else. And it is purely trying to showcase aspirationally what they would so, love for it to be. I'm and showing we need to wait right to now see. on the screen, yeah, yeah. we're looking at this demo where he, there's a gentleman and he's in kind of like a fancy coffee shop or makerspace kind of setup. Yeah. And he's sitting at this, he's standing at this large wooden table and there are these three windows that are floating in space in front of him. 
this is not augmented reality. I had this experience on a $300 Acer mixed reality headset where I could position three windows out in space in front of me and the mixed reality headset had cameras that scanned my room. And even though I wasn't looking through those cameras, mm -hmm. I could move away from those three windows and come back to them. It remembered my location in space. The first, the first generation Quest could windows. do that. Yeah. The first generation Quest did it. Well, the, the, the only reason why I'm, I'm, I'm skipping the first generation Quest is because those cheap, and they were not good cheap. Like, it's not that they were nice, inexpensive headsets. They were cheap headsets oh no absolutely but, it, but it those, was... no, 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 those mr headsets were some of the first ones that we got to play with that had inside out tracking so okay. the original oculus could do that by tracking your position by mounting satellite sensors to the walls of your room yep but like this. a 300 dollars. i mean it was like 300 dollars for the acer headset and then like you had to buy the controllers too so the whole package was more than that but we had inside out tracking so this experience that he's doing right now I could set up this lovely condo on the beach. The, the mixed reality home was this like open air Seattle style, you know, chic condo. And mm -hmm. I dock a window here and I could dock another browser there and I could open up Word over on the side and I could move around those windows and it would remember where I was. Yep. I was at Newegg when we got those. So that was roughly four years ago. Yeah. And the main thing that Apple is showing us is a higher resolution version of that. We have not moved the needle on actual augmented reality. And some of the fun tricks that they've also brought up, things like, oh, well, you can use the cameras to scan something and then bring it into yeah, VR space. Is like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we had that on Sony Xperia's. <laughs> like the Xperia XZ had a secondary sensor on the camera that could do 3D scanning of things. And then Huawei had, I mean, it wasn't a good one. Huawei, Huawei, and, Honor, Huawei and Honor had that one. I remembered that one back. We, ha we had that on, on like $600 phones from, what, six years ago? So 3D scanning is not a particularly impressive application of a $3,500 face computer. And this is where I'm very anxious. To me... Apple had zero confidence in being able to showcase what this hardware could do. They deserve kudos for giving us some exotic hardware. Mm -hmm. But all of those rumors and all of those leaks, you know, coming from outside of Apple, like the, the upper management is fighting with the engineers and this isn't the product that they really wanted to put out or it's too compromised for this. I'm really getting the feeling Apple could not show us people really using it. Think about all of the reviewers that we know that we're friends with. We, we see them talking about putting it on their face. How come they weren't even allowed to shoot a little video of putting it on and, oh, wow, this is so amazing. And Apple wouldn't even let them do that. No. And it was, was always completely guided, completely closed door. Yeah. When I got to try on HoloLens, they did all of those practical demos in front of a, large, uh, in front of a live audience. I was in the audience seven years ago watching this guy build a Mega Man gauntlet around his arm to shoot robot bugs. That was real. <laughs> that happened, and it was actually interacting with the environment seven years ago. So what, what Vision Pro has improved upon is a better field of view, mm -hmm. higher fidelity, higher resolution screens, better yep. OLEDs. That's great. HoloLens is Absolutely. completely deficient in that regard. But if we're talking about AR... 
there is no AR on display here. So the only thing I can I configure, Apple has spent all of this time, seven years of developing their own headset, and now they're hoping in, in other developers. Months. They're hoping in about seven months or so. Other, developers, other developers are going to find. Built on their system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that this and is the, literally Apple's, I mean, this is their, their main claim to fame over so many years. It, it you know, their core apps are, are good in what they do. They only showed us what a smartphone can do. There wasn't really anything that Apple's yeah. ecosystem was capable. And I think it's because it isn't ready. It isn't really the, the, the solution. They wanted to have it part of the show. They kept it at the end because it was mm -hmm. specific. They knew people were waiting for it. Um, and see, and it's things like this this video right here yeah. where uh, there's the part of the, the keynote gal. where they show this gentleman like stepping into a panoramic photo of uh, like an iceberg or something like that. And mm -hmm. to me, this grossly misrepresents how VR, AR, and MR actually function. It makes it look like it's rendering parts of scenes well beyond not, your peripheral yeah. vision. To me, this is borderline, like, false adverti advertising. This is almost to the same egregious uh, point as, like, when they had all of those durability commercials that they mm -hmm. got sued in Australia for, and they had to remove, like... There was the one where it's the iPhones in a wind tunnel and it's getting smacked by cakes and things. And like they had to pull that commercial because it was a lie. <laughs> that is not how you rate the durability of a phone. But when, when you see what they're depicting the experience as, this is an emotional appeal to what AR should feel like. Yeah. But that's not how these systems actually operate. That's not how they function and that's not really how they render content. This is setting up an unrealistic expectation for consumers, and they're also making it look like other solutions can't do things like that, which is particularly toxic for Apple fandom. They are not looking at HTC or Oculus or Samsung or mm -hmm. any of these other players in VR and MR. So they're getting this warped perspective of what the competition really looks like. Oh they my think God. only Apple can do this right because look at how flashy this commercial is. Yeah, but it's yeah, all yeah. just a commercial of pre-rendered cutscenes. Did you remember the uh, the Samsung um, the Samsung headset when they used to use their smartphones like back with the S seven plus and S uh, the S seven? Um, Magic Mountain used to have a roller coaster ride that ran. Yeah, I remember with that. that. There, there were a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's the level of craziness that we were talking about. Gear like VR. actually, it was like Gear VR with an actual flicking phone. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah, on a phone. On you sit in the chair, you set up the thing, and it was. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, I live by Magic Mountain, but. You know, to me, it was like, am I really doing this? I'm going on a roller coaster ride with a VR headset. I'm like, does this make sense? And this thing is running on a phone that is similar to the phone in my pocket. So, no, absolutely. I, I think you're right in, in the way that it's, it's, it's depicting it. Because even if you were sitting on the couch and you're looking out in space, the display is not <laughs> displayed that way. Right. Content isn't shot in a, in a curved display into your – it's played no. in, a, in a rectangular shape. It will be reflecting a certain display at a certain distance. But the, the reality is you're right. When you look at the, 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 the motion of the, of the presenters – not the presenters, the people that are in the commercial, like the gentleman right there, he's focusing, he's getting closer, he wants to move in. If he was really looking around in that environment, you would really see a more of a pan look. He's supposed to just focus on those mountains in front of him. It, it is all rendered. This is the biggest thing. And for the people that did use it in the comments that we saw, we, we saw a lot of videos talk about it and you know referencing the butterfly landing on the hand, and they're impressed with the technology. But the reality is 
where it, why was it so controlled and why was it not demoed in public that was the concern the people the you know the very few people that got access to it were very specifically picked and like you said tailored two hours yeah. worth of content or i think it was like an hour to two hours worth of the ability of sitting down with a presentation with the scanning and all of that i think well, we'll see what it is in 2024 where we are now yeah it it's it's a night it's a good and, it's a and good we know that apple has seeded a number of these to software teams that can I'm sure. help fill them fill in the gaps I'm, I'm not i'm not saying it's going to live like this forever yeah, yeah but apple has had seven years seven years since the launch of the hololens and this is a significant step backwards in actual smart augmented reality computing that now they have to hope developers will be able to catch apple up to what microsoft has been doing for for seven years especially seven interactive years, interactive experiences with the controls yeah. using your hands the the approach to not not needing any controllers or anything like that, but everything be in motion yeah selection and having a tap on uh, you know double tapping your finger for selection is one thing but like you said We've had these type of solutions in the past, the ability of interacting yeah. using your hands. Yes, we've had controllers and so on, but I think the it, it well, didn't can, win can me we, over. That's just, what I was can trying to say. Can we just say, because I think it was hilarious, because like yeah. literally in, in the keynote, and you can watch mm -hmm. this in the keynote, they make this big play, this big appeal. Oh, we got rid of all those bulky controllers. Well, who are they talking about? Are they talking about HoloLens? Because for around four years now, HoloLens has been all hand tracking. So they're not they're not talking they're not calling out Hololens. So they're calling, they're calling out, out VR. Quest. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're calling out Oculus Quest and HTC Vive and and PlayStation VR. Head to head so then, to Apple. Uh, sorry, to Meta. Essentially, is really what they're trying to shoot for. And, and they're they're trying to make it make Metaverse look stupid. But you don't really need to try to make Metaverse look stupid. Metaverse is stupid. But Almost immediately after that, in the presentation, they show someone gaming on Apple Arcade, sitting in the most awkward chair, playing a game on a PlayStation controller. But you don't need those bulky controllers anymore to do things with your Vision Pro, so here's a clip of someone playing an Apple Arcade game with where a, a TV would normally have been. So you don't need your TV anymore, but you do need your PlayStation controller to play the game that you don't need the controllers for anymore. I missed that do. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would have been like, Let yeah. Let me see if they even have it here in their little, because I don't think they've got it here. I mean, there are other things, too. I'm always going to be critically disappointed in these conversations like, oh, well, I think it's a great idea that they put a proprietary cabled connectored battery on the side of this thing. But uh, uh, no, I guess they don't have it here. I was hoping they would at least have a clip of that girl. If you watch it in the keynote, it is what is what is it? What was it with this keynote? Everyone is sitting in the most uncomfortable position possible. Mm -hmm. Like there's the woman in that weird, like white dress blouse thing. And she's sitting like, like she's got scoliosis and, and, and like her legs are off to the side as she's doing little tippy tap motions. Oh, with her oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, the position and then there's the girl, there's the girl it, playing it, NBA 2K and she's sitting in this really weird looking Ikea style chair and she looks horribly uncomfortable. The only guy who looks like he's like in a comfortable position is the man who's looking at videos of his daughter. 
I'm trying to see. All the rest of this just looks like really awkward. That that has nothing to do with the headset. That literally is just, why did you shoot it that way? (laughs) This is the worst presentation for your product that you could set up is, I've got this great living room. I could sit on the edge of this bed, but instead I'm going to sit down in this weird kind of awkward chair instead of like more comfortably i think i may have found the one that you were talking about let me see if i can refresh this page oh and i guess the woman who's also just watching a movie she's she's kicking back she's relaxing all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside the school oh come on this uh, i love it how you you get to the site you find the uh, you find the video you want to watch but no you got to watch the ad uh, the ad reel first before it hits that because that's how we do it no i i think i found the commercial that uh, the the clip that you're talking about um, it was referred to. Here. Oh, Michael Peppertech. That one was funny too. The meme was funny that showed the text from iOS 17 about being too close to your device mm-hmm. next to someone wearing the headset where you're putting displays right in front of your eyes. Um, I will give Apple a little bit of a nod there where really well balanced and adjusted lenses and screens your eyes still focus like they're looking out in space. Mm-hmm. So even for these inexpensive glasses and headsets and things, if I put these on my face and I draw Sorry. an image to, to these glasses, I'm looking out. I'm not focusing in. But you're right that the the actual optical system is I think right up was... against your eyeballs. It's yeah, yeah. light I... just being force fed. <laughs> that was the picture that we were directly to your right cornea. There. <laughs> right there. The oops, I don't know why they just showed the picture and they keep trying to tease it. Hold on. Oh, here it is. You could yep. see there she the, is. The PlayStation controller, controller. The PlayStation controller, the headset, and the simulated display in front of her. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that that's <laughs> like I had to kind of try to find where that that picture was. I don't. You know, they don't. They weren't playing the video. They were just. It's one image snippet that they just keep sampling over pro game list. But but again, I really felt like there's always been a bit of an Apple reality distortion field. But Mm -hmm. increasingly, I feel Apple has gotten more brazen in their keynotes in really misrepresenting what their competitors are doing. And we've seen this in a number of situations where also... If there's a problem with an Apple product and another product working together, yeah. it's often <laughs> Apple's fault, but they can always make it look like the other product is to blame. Or and the other product is, the is thing... not, even the other product is not as good still, but yeah. Exactly. And, and, and this to me is a major problem that we have where we unfortunately know many of our friends who work in this industry who will talk to us off the record. It's not mm-hmm. our place to out these other reviewers and journalists but anyone who is too critical of apple or is maybe they're a really big fan of apple but they're not enough of a fan of apple gets Mm -hmm. blacklisted by apple pr and the best example of a conversation about that is you can check out john redinger's video where he talked about how he got blacklisted from apple by criticizing early software what was it on the iphone 10r Oh, wow. Okay. I want to say, I want to say it was that. It had a really buggy launch. This is very Mm -hmm. uncharacteristic of iPhones. This is like one of the sloppiest products they put out early. And he did a video reasonably showing these are the problems I had with a phone I bought. It wasn't even like Apple gave him the phone. Apple PR went after him 
and demanded he remove content from his channel. And he has not been on the nice list with Apple, even though he's a really big fan of Apple. Mm -hmm. So if you make money on tech commentary and Apple blacklists you, that is a significant hurt to your ability to monetize your content. It, it's a tough position. No, I know. I know what you mean. I know. And it's, it's a tough situation. It, it happens with other brands as well. It's not just even that specific. Oh, I mean, I have a very similar story to tell with Samsung between me and Samsung personally, but it's not quite as directly because we're talking about Apple. So I'm, no, no, I'm I know. purposely because, yeah, the flip side trying to highlight, you know, when we know that there are people who would normally <laughs> be more critical of other products mm-hmm. and they're just sort of s- simply... Uh, describing their experiences with the Vision Pro, it is for a very specific reason, and they might not even be able to discuss what kind of NDA or what kind of embargo they signed with Apple. It could be that strict. And Apple is a $2.5 trillion company that can make your life hell if you step out of line. So uh, I, I feel like until we see some kind of regulatory action on Apple marketing, which is never going to happen in the United States... Um, I feel like we're kind of doomed to repeat this cycle of Apple mischaracterizing their product, uh, misrepresenting their competitors' products, and making claims that there's, this product probably won't live up to in its immediate life cycle. But then everybody acting like this is this this is the first coming of real VR and AR when we've had this kind of stuff for years now. No, absolutely. And then I think we have to kind of see, we need to wait till 2024 to really start seeing more. No, TK, I'm making knee-jerk reactionary conclusions today. (laughs) If other big YouTuber channels can fully review a phone in the first week under embargo with pre-release software, I'm allowed to make a full review and conclusion on the Vision Pro before it's even in anyone's hands. Yeah, no, no. Done. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the review, and I really appreciate your... Citation uh, given. Given. You buttoned you know it up what, and you know submitted it and sent it to the press. We, we we absolutely need to wrap this up. I knew we were running going to run long on this one, but oh um, no, no, I, there's a reason why I put it at the end. I, I knew can, that. The, yeah. Can can can, can I tell you sure. now that Apple has done this, I am so ready for a plastic lightweight self-contained compute unit. Maybe using a new Qualcomm SOC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But charge me for it. I'm ready to give you $2,000 and get me some of those micro OLEDs. Those new displays, Get me some yep. of those micro OLEDs. Give me a, a Quest style so or now supposed this to be HTC at, Vive style. Yeah, they were running at 90 frames per second from what I saw somewhere. I think yeah. uh, the, it wasn't 60. No, that's it was good. definitely better. Yeah. 90 is actually so Michael, really good. Mm-hmm. Michael Peppertech was saying it's about a 100-degree field of view, which is not great. Yeah. No, it's actually smaller than most of the ones that we've seen. I think ours uh, have always been around 110 uh, I want to say, wasn't the Samsung Odyssey? That was another MR headset. Samsung had one of the best MR headsets. I'm really sad that they didn't continue them. Um, was it? I want to say they were 120. Most of them are around the 110 to 120. Uh, the, the 100 is actually kind of on the lower end. Yeah. So that's no, no, but... really not a great... I mean, it's good. I mean, when we talk about these three to $400 wearable displays this is what uh 55 degree field mm-hmm. of view so obviously a 3500 hundred dollar optical system is going to outperform 
a $400 optical system. But when you look at other VR solutions, especially PlayStation VR 2 looks so good. I've only spent a couple minutes with one on my face because I don't have a PlayStation 5 or else I would have pulled the trigger at launch. But man, is that a pretty image. It is yeah, we, we held it fidelity. we held it back in November of last year. We didn't get a chance to turn it on, and now oh. it's an actual thing. And, and it powered by MediaTek, too, which is also uh, really yeah. nice to see MediaTek technology in there. Um, I I'm, I do have my PlayStation. My baby's sitting right here, and I may end up pulling the trigger on it this summer, depending. We'll see how, we'll see how things are if it's my, re- my I mean, pockets but have you really? Me. But have you played with it? Have you no, played on one? No, that's the thing. I've never, I, oh, I don't have dude. anybody that... I, I don't like going to stores and try oh. to check it out in different places. I like I'd like to try my oh. own, and I know how good it is. Like Trisha, um, the the cover that she did, all, all of the stuff that she covered on it made me excited to try to want to get it. I, I'm I'm like I I've literally just it was um what is the racing game? It's Forza, mm-hmm. and and normally that kind of experience would make me Rolf immediately. Uh, I so bad motion sickness whenever it comes to first person perspective in games now, but doing part of a track in forza was was it forza i, I, I want to say remember. it was a racing For, game. forza forza is a microsoft uh um i want to say uh it, it has to oh be it might have been uh, gran turismo yeah yeah i was gonna say so it might have forza, forza is microsoft uh, i'm not a racing i'm not a racing game guy because again especially like racing games on monitors mm-hmm. I, I need a barf bag um but playing that on psvr2 Oh man, it yeah, was so good. It's still five forty nine. I was hoping, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm waiting. I'm hoping for like some Wait, kind it's of a... still five forty nine. It just came out. Well, they came out in February. <laughs> We're in June. No, Last time I checked. This is this is still new. Wait, I know so we're this, used this, to like a cell phone coming yeah, I was out and say going not on like... sale. Come on, Juan. It's supposed to be what? Like half the I was price? Say, like you at least need to wait until Thanksgiving, dude. Yeah. Well, what do you know? Um, I'm I'm hoping Prime Day may have some kind of specials. I, I, I doubt it, even if they did. But uh, no. at some point or other, if I do find it on good sale. Um... But oh. no, no, no. Before you before you even talk about buying one, just try try one. to use one. I, the the image the image quality is is phenomenal. Um, and obviously, a micro OLED is going to improve upon that. So now I'm ready. I, like a thousand dollar PlayStation VR two with even better inside out camera tracking and micro OLEDs. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. There is nothing holding us back now. It, this is the right time for a Valve Index two, where they incorporate the guts of a Steam Deck into a VR headset. So that you can play VR Steam games in a fully self-contained unit. Yeah. And give me some of them micro OLEDs and charge me $2,500. And I'm here for that. Let's do it. Because I'm so tired of like only Apple is ever allowed to sell a premium product. And everyone else has to sell the, the most aggressive sale at the lowest possible price for anything to ever hit consumers. If Apple's going to expand this envelope for us, I want to see it. I want to see HTC come out with a premium headset. I want to see Oculus come out with a premium headset. I want to see Valve come out with their first all-in-one self-contained headset. Let's do it because that's the only way that we'll survive this. If we leave it up to Apple and this doesn't land exactly how investors think it should, then Apple is going to kill 
face computing. So it can't be left up to Apple. We have to actually acknowledge good competition around the market. And we need we need the good competition. We need other players to step up the game and bring in the self-containing solution. I think the battery solution that they're offering right now is a little bit... It's dumb. It, it is. It is. I, I was like, I felt like I, the moment you saw like, okay, so you tell me they have to walk it, around with a battery pack? It needs to be savaged by EU regulators for using a proprietary connector. Oh, I, it's unforgivable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apple I'm... is going to try and dance around this by saying it's a headset, not a computer or a tablet or a phone. But all of what they've been talking about is how it's really a computer on your face. So having a proprietary connector built onto a product like this is now in the legal gray area of the EU's new regulations against these types of differing or proprietary cables. I bet you Apple's going to get away with it, but they shouldn't. This should be in the crosshairs of EU regulators. Because you're tying a battery to a fused cable to a proprietary connector. That's BS. And I think that's going to be the biggest uh, the biggest uh, issues right now, right? That's why it's initially even at launch, it's only available in the U.S. That's why they haven't they haven't really tackled the <laughs> EU side. See, yeah, see what they did there? Yeah, uh-huh. no, no. Yeah. See how that. they're tricky like that? Those tricky little buggers. It's one of those solutions that I feel like uh, it's it's going to be carefully <laughs> carefully yeah. taught, like you know the. Uh, the, the iPhone 14 is, is another conversation. We'll see how the iPhone 15 does with that whole cable and USB-C and so on. But um, I do realize that we've, we have taken – actually, we, we, this is, we this need is, to wrap this up. I, well, I, know, I was going to say, I no, we've like, taken the, the, the championship on this one. I think this is our longest sure, podcast this is ever. Our longest podcast. Fifteen Absolutely. minutes ago, I said we should start wrapping this up. <laughs> that was a whole other podcast. But um, – Look, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of conversations still going on. We we need more data. We need more information to be able to kind of get a better understanding of where things are. I mean, except for me. I already came to a conclusion. Uh, obviously. And please make sure to check out Juan's 20-minute uh, review, fully, uh, fully, you know, substantiated and all of that good stuff. Knee-jerk reaction included for free um, on uh, on the show. But the biggest thing I'll probably say is, you know, we this still has, we need more time. Um, the the overall performance that we see there with Sony, Sony has been doing really, really nice. Realme has been doing really good things as well uh, with their devices and their improvements that they've been able to get us. The technology's in our hands. So with that being said, I do want to say thank you very much for everybody for hanging out with us for this uh, podcast, uh, our 120th podcast, to commemorate the 120 hertz of everything Sony. I was When we were talking before, I wanted to kind of tie that in. I was like, hey, this is 120. We're talking Sony 120, 120, 120, 120, like the Sony experience. Um, so we'll see you guys hopefully next week for another episode of the best of our week and make sure to catch Juan on Monday for the SGTQA, his podcast on his channel that is also running on this, uh, on the YouTube side. If you chat, if you following this channel, he does also co-stream it to this channel as well on Mondays. Uh, but take care, be well, stay safe, um, and start saving up for those 3,500 or $4,100 headsets. If you're looking for them, uh, I guess, you know, starting in January, because this or, will or be buy eight pairs of X reels. Or eight pairs of X-Reels, which could actually do much better. But take care, everybody. (laughs) Be safe. We'll see you guys next week.